A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us, which is through chapter 36 of Jade War and the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. Hey there, this is Cross. I'm PJ. I'm Ben. I'm Aaron. I'm Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Ben Ah. just gave the straightest, most normal (laughs) intro that we've had in a very long time. (laughs) Felt like I was listening to Howler Pot for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I use my professional voice. Ben's a professional. I don't know if you knew this, but he doesn't just podcast all day. <laughs> he has a full-time job. Well, I wow, mean, wouldn't that be nice? I think everybody wow. else yeah. does too. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, I just I just don't. Yeah, I read book and then write about book and then record book. And that's that's my week. That's all I do. No, well, just you think you'd be better at speaking English since you read True. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll book. Someone... I'll do today, fifth episode. Talking chapters 30 through 36. Just, what are you drinking, PJ? Water. <laughs> just water? Yeah, just water today. Oh, yeah. You're, you're packing up to move tomorrow, aren't you? Some nightmare? Not tomorrow. Next week. Mm. But Where are you going? There's a lot to do. Down to Eugene. So, Kaylin's contract got cut Eugene! short. Eugene! Yeah. So you know, she, Tangled? She... Yes. Mm-hmm. No. no. Flynn Rider, my dude. <laughs> Flynn Rider. His name's Eugene. Oh, cool. His real name. Rapunzel, gotcha. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Way better than Frozen. <laughs> Way better than Frozen. I agree. I don't know. I liked Frozen, too. You like Down frozen to Eugene, so water. Too. Okay. We'll give yeah. you the out. Appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. Packing Thomas. while intoxicated might be more fun. I True. I'm drinking one of the greatest beverages known to mankind, and that is called water as well. Oh, Jesus. Are you also got What's it. going on here? Why did no one say anything? I also have limeade. I also have limeade because, well, just here's the thing, right? Water's not enough. You got to keep the vocal cords lubricated and well lubricated right. if we're going to talk for six hours, as we like to do. This is, we don't talk for six hours. <laughs> Only four. Sometimes four. Nice. Yeah. Ben and I are drinking Sometimes. local brewery seltzer Boulevard Brewing Co. Quirk. Quirky. We're feeling quirky. It's just called quirk. I'm feeling quirky. <laughs> I'm having hibiscus <laughs> lemonade and Ben is having a grapefruit twist. And let me tell you what, it's fucking lovely. Yeah, the quirks are more herby and less like sweet than like truly. I'm not sure that I've had this flavor before, and I am impressed. Yeah, this is the best pack. They have a bunch of different packs. Are you, you know. generally a fan of grapefruit? Yeah, like Ish. I know I mean, it's yeah. generally people are like hate. I don't feel hate. like super passionate about grapefruit, but you should be. I like it most of the time. Sometimes it can be overpowering. Okay, cool. I don't know the last time I actually had actual grapefruit. Mm. just mm. the flavor that of is it. true <laughs> like grapefruit i have grapefruit like once a month really mm. 
Yeah, yeah grapefruit's my favorite fruit, so I'm brother. You know, wow, I'm, I'm a weirdo there. You but. are passionate about it, then. I don't know. Is it like in the store here? Maybe we're in yeah. a grapefruit desert. No, there's grapefruit. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's it's just one of those things that like you don't get often and honestly it is fairly difficult which is why despite being like my favorite fruit i only have it like once a month because it's like either a pain to cut and peel into wedges or yeah. like grapefruit spooned out and like that means you have to have that specific utensil so you well, know didn't like in the 60s they ate it for breakfast a lot right yeah they a little bit of salt madman <laughs> right yeah uh, a little bit of salt I love pomegranate, but they are a pain in mm. the ass. It, it takes like an hour before you can start Somehow even it. worse. Yeah. Mm. I'm you a get big, juice all over you. I'm a big bananas and oranges guy. I have both of those around my house all the time. Yeah. I eat a banana every day. I love bananas. They're fucking awesome. For your gut health. They're incredible for you. I hate them, unfortunately. Are you one of those weird people who like won't peel them? Like, I have a friend who has like a banana phobia. Fro- oh no, yeah, like, no. She, she has like a phobia. Weird. She would like won't peel a banana. Why, Letitia? Uh, I don't know. Does she open it? Have like, like I would maggots eat a banana every day, or and I sat by her at work, and she'd be like, Ugh. "That's weird." <laughs> that is I'd have that to go is peel my banana weird. in the hallway. <laughs> I feel like there had to be like an experience that put know. her in that mindset. <laughs> Maybe she opened a piece of fruit once, and it was like filled with maggots or something. Like a spider. Yeah, I don't think it was that. That makes that would make more sense to me. So I think I'm I'm more agreeable to that being part of the reason. For me, it's just it's a texture thing. I actually like the flavor. So like I love blended bananas. I have no problems with um even in like a lot of pies or flavored things. Like love it, but cannot do even slices of banana. Dried banana chips, plantains. I don't yeah. know. Is this the most interesting topic we've ever discussed? I'm, no. I'm, I you love know? this conversation. <laughs> it's already what? going into the devil's cut Makes that we me don't want have. Some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I made the featured cocktail, of which now you know three of us drinking. I also poured a shot, not realizing that we were doing a devil's cut. So I guess I'm just making up for everyone else. So cheers! Huzzah! Cheers! Huzzah! It was the same vodka that is in my drink, which you just, is like cold. Take vodka. I just cannot. This is good vodka. That's that's the thing. Like you should watch I've, me try I've to narrow it down. Mm. It's pretty I, ugly. I like gag before I even someone hands it to me. Like the thought of a shot makes me. It sounds like you're psyching yourself out. Yeah, bad vodka use does that to me still to this day. Like someone orders or like there there are a couple of different shots that'll do that, but specifically Blue Shark vodka, which is a relatively local vodka, or Reikia are my two, are the two that I can just do no problem. Make great mixers and cocktails. How but much I don't is have it? A whole lot of vodka. Reikia is whoa, like twenty three. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is this is funny. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. We don't need to further derail this. I'm going to talk about the clean blade. So this is a lot more than what was in the photo because I've made a like a one and a half and then I poured it into a smaller vessel. But what it is, I wanted to take something that was inspired off of the duel, of course, that's one of the big features of the week and just a, a concept that's talked about a lot in the show or the book rather. And now that we've talked a lot about in the show. So what it is, is it's two and a half ounces of vodka, half an ounce of maraschino liqueur, Three ounces mm. of pear juice, one ounce of lime, an egg white, and a quarter ounce of mint simple syrup, and then some fresh mulled mint. It is 
amazing. It is delectable. Do you use an actual, do you crack an egg and... That was yeah, my separate. question. What do you do with the, or do you the, use, the like, yolk? The, the little jug of egg white. Throw it. Throw it where? No, no. Down the drain? That's food waste. Down your throat and then your Gaston. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I mean, you could, you, you could do like a, <laughs> what are they called? Something oyster? God. Basically what it is is like people, it, it was a sailor drink in the morning. People would crack an egg and then put pepper and salt on it and maybe like a hot sauce, like a Tabasco or whatever, and, and then, or cayenne, and then just take it like a shot and rip it. That's your shot next week. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. It's fine. It's not that bad. I'll do it with you. I've done it before. If you want to I turn won't. it into an actual shot, you can, you throw vodka in it, which is a thing that Greg on how to drink is done on the show. Anyway, wow, this is amazing. Greg. I I put a little bit of free ad. I love Greg. Put a little bit of maraschino, not maraschino, maraschino, like the bad kind, the American kind. But I put a little bit of that red in just to give it like a streak of blood that was going down the edge mm. for the photos because it's I want not, it's, know, a it's dirty not really blade. a clean blade. Yeah. So <laughs> just that little hint of red for those photos. So garnish refreshment. Really good. The only swap that I would make because I did kind of make this blindly is I would swap the vodka for like an herby gin, I think, because it could use a little bit more floral. There are a couple of other solutions there, but I, I think that that's probably what I would do. Can could you talk to me about ear and put it juice. on the side? So, PJ, was when you, I was saying you could have put garnished a garnish with, with a fake earlobe of some sort. Oh, yeah. I, nice. There were there were a couple of considerations <laughs> for like naming this drink something else and like making it really, yeah, ridiculous. I it looks pretty. The mint kind of looked a little bit like maybe you drowned a praying mantis in there. But overall, <laughs> I would say like a nine out of ten just on looks, maybe a ten out of ten. It's 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 a good one. It's a good one. It also tastes amazing. To talk about the pear juice, PJ, you wanted you just wanted the why well, on the pear juice or like not what? not why, but I've never seen just straight up pear juice before. Like did you juice so it made- yourself? Or no, 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 no. So it's a brand, uh, whatever. It just comes in a big, big old container. And yeah, I knew that I was going to be using it again for another cocktail this weekend for a little com- competition among friends. So I was like, I'll buy it and then I'll use it for the clean blade because it'll also yield something that's kind of whitish like the moon blades. So mm-hmm. cool. Adjacent. Yeah. Also tastes insanely good. It's super. I, and I hate pears, but I love pear juice. Again, one of those weird things. I don't hate a lot of things, but a couple of fruits. Anyway, before we talk about the chapters, Ben, Aaron, PJ, how'd you feel about this week? Great. What'd you think? I felt great. Great. I felt fantastic. I felt excited. Ah, hyped. It was energizing. There, what I was looking there was for. a big we we had a big debate over whether to move I mean big. We had a debate over whether or not to put thirty in last week, but it would have made it so ungodly long. <laughs> when we were going through and in, in reading everything it's like man that's a good cliffhanger but at the same time you know where it's going and the resolution feels so good right after so i would um categorize it as a discussion that was very thoughtful yeah right but yeah it's an exciting week it was the chair. would have been a hell of a <laughs> uh, cliffhanger to put us on though yeah well i think i liked the political cliffhanger it fits well this week there's a couple you know, something starts in chapter 30, pits back up chapter 31. There's a nice little thread binding them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jay's with that. Remains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barely. 
<laughs> so with that we ready to go into chapter 30 let's do it let's mm-hmm. start it up chapter 30 heroes day we start this week with Wen pregnant with her second child and shay heading to the doctor for for the weatherman's abortion we get a lovely flashback with lon and shay before she departed for Espenia as well making the, some of those decisions and then we make it to heroes day with all of its speeches in grandstanding before that final moment that obviously I, I want to try to keep us on train before we get to the, the, the battle, the moment, the pitch. Rather, the battle's not here. But yeah, what do you guys think about the sort of the scene setting with heading in first with when for the abortion? I will say I had to reread the first like two paragraphs like four times in a row. Cause it, it was like I was like, what is happening? Who's pregnant? When? OK, yeah, when's also bit of pregnant? Yeah. Like what's happening? I don't know. Did you just pick it up right away? I was like, oh, okay. We're walking into a clinic to get an abortion, but Wynn's pregnant, so it's she's the cover. I knew what was going on because this is what I expected. You guys can tell me. Good job on being right. I'll tell my kids now. You expect Wynn to be pregnant? That's what confused me. I was like, didn't she just have a baby? Are these Irish twins? Can Hilo like keep his hands to himself for five minutes? Clearly well, it, it has been at this point. Yeah, I mean, God, they had old, the baby. Six, it's all six to eight going, months. Not quite Irish, but yeah. Still going so fast. Yeah. Time is moving quickly in this book compared to the last book. Yeah. It's definitely not like. Right. Yeah. This book was more day to day. This book yeah. were like month to month at times. Yes. But yeah, I think we all knew what Shay's oh, decision was. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, go on. <laughs> she came to a decision, and obviously, there was no other decision after all the cons to having a child. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. only they had Mifa Purston and the other one. It's true. Ultimately, incredibly relevant to the current moment, which is just. You know, anyway, so there there is something that I wanted to speak about, too, between Wen and Shay and their kind of ongoing friendship. She says, if it were me, I'd like another woman to be with me. Why should we have to go through hardships in lives by in our in life by ourselves? And I just I think that this just shows the way that like Wen is grown as a character in like our perception and then also how they've ended up connecting when they seemed very distant before and sort of the way that their friendship has blossomed in the background. Love this for them. Love that line by Wynn. Glad she stuck by her. Yeah. Shay's a little ice cold. And I love, and I like how Shay was like, no, it's unlucky. And she's like, fuck that. I'm going. She's like, I'm unlucky. Been unlucky my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just all in all, like an amazing make went chapter. Yeah. She really shines. And sh- yeah. uh, Shay has you know let her guard down with when because of the stone eye spy business what's that called white that, rat you got it stone eye spy business stone eye spy that's, business that's exactly what it is yeah 100% um, you got it first try so this is probably like the first like woman Shay's ever trusted <laughs> she didn't seem like part of the group Kianla you know maybe but that's like <laughs> nanny trusting nanny yeah that's true and it's not that she doesn't trust her mom it's just that her mom has never aspired for like she's she's breaking glass ceilings so that's you know tough in its own right i'm just spitting the truth here (laughs) shooting from the hip (laughs) i do appreciate the uh 
immediate payoff of of this like i would if i were in your shoes i'd want someone to be there and then after the procedure yeah i'm glad you're here like you're right <laughs> like i, I liked mm-hmm. that it it was a quick payoff but direct and i don't know it felt good <laughs> yeah it it does feel good it it goes from you know obviously having the sense of companionship between two women to then also like kind of the I don't necessarily want to color this. I'd like to hear your guys' opinion. But what would you think of the laws around abortion in Jan Loon in KCON? What were they? So to quote, getting an abortion was neither particularly easy nor particularly difficult in Jan Loon. Clinics varied in repute and there was a moderate cost. But the main restriction was that a woman had to obtain the consent of her husband if she was married or that of a male relative if she was not. This rule was regularly circumvented for an additional fee. Shay had filled out the necessary paperwork in advance and forged Hila's signature next to her own at the bottom. The young woman at the reception counter looked at the forms, then at Shay, and her eyes widened. But Yeah, there's no way that people aren't going to find out about this. You don't think so? Yeah. Don't, don't they have a family doctor? Like, why does she have to go into... He's a greenbone physician. The public, you know? It does seem like this is... Can he channel... Can, can oh we figure gosh, out... Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it you know would what, be... Though? I feel it uncomfortable would be, uh, now. Non-surgical. Well, that, yeah. outpatient? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> uh, thoughts on this are... Fuck the patriarchy. Always. Always yeah, and brother. forever. On it. And then tattoo that on my face. Yeah, it does. My second thought is that Aaron is probably right that this is probably going to get gossiped over to the mountain at some point. And then how can it not? Even this innocent, is hot innocent, for sure. Hippo. innocent gossip. Do we don't know if that exists here. <laughs> <clears throat> I think this will also ruin this like tenuous friendship, as they call it, between her and <laughs> quote unquote uh, friendship. I think that's already been ruined. You can't be friends but... with <laughs> yeah. your ex-boyfriend. I think it will be another nail in the coffin of Shay's guilt about it the could... entire situation. Yeah, it could make an enemy out of him somehow. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think it'll go that far. Thought, I don't think that yeah. it'll be that bad. But what struck me as odd here was she points out that it can be circumvented for a fee. But she still chooses to forge Hilo's signature instead. I didn't quite understand that. Yeah, uh, just pay. I thought that was just because of who she was. Yeah, and like even then, like like, the the pillar wants this kid dead. So, (laughs) which I think was also maybe to insulate her from her name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, like it's to insulate the woman from snitching, right? Yeah. Because it's like you saw Hilo's name on this paper. Yeah. That's a good point, too. You going to say something? Because I'm going to come for you. Because snitches yeah. get stitches. Yeah. Receptionist. I think that's why. Yeah, that's a good point. But Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. To end this, of course, we get the lovely exchange between Wen and Shay. But then there's another like end here that really solidifies the two of them together. And Wen just has this brutal cutting line that I couldn't help but like put into the document, despite having so many other quotes already in this chapter. Look at Aitmata and how alone she is. We must never be like that. And it is just so perfect and poignant and wonderful. I did 100% agree with that. I was like, yeah, this is the difference between Mm -hmm. the two clans. And they kind of point out that's the difference when Hilo, they have that, you know, 
dinner with just family. He's like, we're not alone, but I is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the start of that conversation, but that leads to the look at how alone I is. It's just like incredible how Shay's like, do you think less of me? And when just fucking pulls over and she's like, no, you idiot. Like, like Fuck how you. could I? You're amazing. <laughs> You're a bad bitch. Like, of course, I don't think less of you. Don't be silly. And it's also, also, when sounds like a scary driver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she does. She does, for sure. It, and there's there's also the whole, like, unwinding of the, the guilt of the reason that, like, it's okay for Shay to get an abortion, but, like, when wouldn't and, like, their usefulness to the family in different ways. Not necessarily, it, it's not completely utilitarian, but there are definitely hints of that throughout the, the conversation from when. Mm-hmm. When's a vessel? And I mean, when oh, come on. it gets bad to when Wen is at the spa and we learn of her, like, ha- that she has this network of spies. Like, she does very much see herself in the role of having to provide heirs for no peak. Right. Can't make them fast yeah. enough. They keep killing him. Yeah, Shay, pull your weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shay, pull your fucking weight. Get it figured out. Uh, All right. I, oh, no, I, I, I don't know if this is a worthwhile comparison to make, but it is at least a little bit ironic here going from this conversation where like relying on family and, and not being alone is their like their big strength. And then Shay turns around and silently and unilaterally <laughs> makes a decision to like, a huge, a huge decision in the, in the clean blade offer. It's, not the same and she's doing it for the family for the clan and like there's a ton of reasons why it's not the same but it is kind of ironic in my eyes that like rooting against the (laughs) the loneliness of i and then to do this like without consulting anybody is a little bit i don't know it's a little bit off for me but i don't think she had a choice so yeah, I think that's why it's important that Wen says a lot of this, right? Wen's the one highlighting family and the importance therein. And Shay hasn't maybe fully bought into that. Yeah, yeah, and Hilo before that. Yeah, it's not Shay. I remember ever bringing that up. Yeah, Shay's Shay's been a loner, and we actually we get to kind of see a little bit of that. I mean, even if we talked about it previously, Shay was a loner in school. She's always looked to people who can like trust other people is something that she wishes that she could and we get a flash of that in the conversation that happens with lawn right she was preparing to leave we get to see lawn again which just tears at my fucking heartstrings because i actually want i wanted a lot more of this character it, it hurts every time he flashes back uh what's that toughen what's that up oh, i was roasting you <laughs> i will not toughen up i'm gonna be a sad boy sad lad like and in forever but yeah off to Hispania. What'd you make of that kind of that scene in that moment that they share together? Like the the I guess to to put it into other context, the sort of it's it we obviously can see the big difference between Lon and Hilo's pillars is like the willingness for him to be like, no, go pursue like your passion, like go try other things and explore. And then we kind of get that in a in maybe even in a larger picture in a quote where he says, I wouldn't be surprised if this is what the whole world looks like one day, an unrecognizable blend cultures and people mixed together. Where will Jade and clans and green bones fit in? I wonder. And, and it seems like he's already beginning to suss that out, you know, three years before the current moment, plus sorry, five years before the current moment. I don't think he's just sussing that out. I think he's ushering it in. 
by supporting Shay in doing this. I think that that action, that's kind of the first time this has happened and it's becoming more and more common, but it's only becoming common because there's a precedent for it. And this is that precedent. I think I think it's great. I think Lon was very forward thinking and Hilo is much more of a traditionalist and Lon was in a traditional structure and Hilo is now in a rapidly changing structure and it's just a mismatch of like where they where they needed to be, you know? Where I kind of saw it as Lon saying it to make Shay feel less guilty. Mm. Like like hey, you know, in the future this will be normal. Like it'll be okay. Do you think he meant it still then or Yeah, I think Lon was always trying to keep Shay like have Shay have a landline to him and not just completely like abandon the family. Mhm. So he was keeping that door open by being empathetic and understanding of her desire to go off with Gerald. Gerald? Gerald. Fucking Gerald. 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 I buy that. Yeah, I think that's a good read on it. As far as like this statement, it's it's an interesting one because it does seem like, yeah, that is where the world is headed, but (laughs) the Greenbone clans seem like wholly in opposition to that. So yeah, I don't know uh, how they fit in. That's a great question. I do not get it. I do not see it. They have to change. Maybe it's more like something like what it looks like in Espinia right now in the future. But. Except without all these laws. Yeah. Oppressing my people. True. True. I mean, they become good to that. We got a whole lot to say about that for sure. I could see them spirit spiritually kind of moving on in the direction of like legions of a larger army in a more controlled setting, like, like different legions of, of green bones, but in the way that they exist right and operate right now, that feels like a hard sell <laughs> mm-hmm. for like continuing. Cool. All right. So we finally make it after that flash of a conversation to Heroes Day, and we get a dose of a history for what is effectively described as like our World War II stand-in, which I think is fun. Just a little bit here that I, I wanted to kind of talk about for for people who maybe didn't latch into that. But KCON is just this big stand-in for East Asia again, and the closest analog for the occupation war is when Japan occupied China and where they lost most of their foothold in the Second Sino War. And uh, yeah, they lost their foothold shortly therein, and then the A-bombs fell before they were able to fully retake the coast. But it still, it, it has parallels that kind of ride in the same direction. And I just appreciate the way that it, kind of effortlessly she's she's making sure that it, we're aware that it is Asian-influenced, but not calling out anyone's specific influence over anything else, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Blends it all. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hilo is, of course, seeding doubt in Ait through the Coben and Coben Otto's illness as he speaks about it at the Heroes Day portions. We also get to see his heaven ship, Prince Ion III, make an appearance and be kneeled to saying words and, you know, further entrenching their fealty to him and Kacon on the whole. What do we think of sort of the the 
I don't know, symbolic Pomp and circumstance. His heavenship. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Yes, his heavenship. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of frivolous <laughs> bullshit. It, it, it does. Do. It, do. it really does. <laughs> I, I had completely forgotten. I don't know if it was mentioned or if I've forgotten that there was royalty on KCON. <laughs> Yeah, like, have it they was, mentioned it was it before? mentioned. Yes, it's it was mentioned, mentioned yeah, but times. they didn't get. I don't think they dropped his name. Title. Previously, they never called him his heavenship before. They definitely yeah, mentioned. First... Yeah, but we knew there was like but... a prince. Yeah, we knew there was like a royal family. Yeah, they have guards. Yeah, I did like that. They were like, "Haha, I, I'd even kissing the feet of this figurehead." I thought this was mm-hmm. bullshit, though. She just decided to start popping off. Yeah. Like, Hilo is going to stick to the script. Right. So he says. And he was, you know, for the most part. I mean, he does kind of go out and he does a little bit of grandstanding by receding some doubt underneath, you know, Ait's feet. But not nearly what Ait does to Shay, of course. I wonder what Hilo would have retorted if Shay hadn't come out of nowhere. I feel like, yeah, he was about to blow up. It's about mm. to be a what? Girlfriend. Yeah, I I don't know, because was it Ken or Tar that was trying to talk him off the ledge, too? It was like trying to pull him out. And it He's seemed like, okay, like he man. might have. Yeah, I think it was Ken that was like, we don't have to listen yeah. to this shit. Yeah, like, let's just leave. Right. But then, of course, Shay charges in, you know, hearing her good name besmirched, obviously sick and ill and completely unexpected here. And she says, enough. You've insulted and slandered me enough. You've called me a poor granddaughter, an unfit weatherman, unworthy of jade, a traitor, and a whore. Ait Madashi, pillar of the mountain, I offer you a clean blade. Pew, pew, pew. I popped so hard for this. <laughs> I just popped so hard for this. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> now Everyone's it's going well. down. Those are those. There are those lines that just like give you chills when you read them, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah." <laughs> I was working out at the moment when I when I heard this again, and I was like, "Oh, it's still still so yeah. good." And I love I just like not knowing what to do. They're both like, <gasps> "I love that she caught they both, her like, off guard stare at a little each other bit." Like what? <laughs> oh, Whoa! The cat catch I off guard like that. It's great. You know that you're really doing something. I love it. Yeah, that was awesome. And like, I was maybe not on. the best timing. Like, maybe if she hadn't just had an abortion, she'd be in better fighting shape. Mm. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. But she did a great job. So, throughout all of this, Ait is doing this specifically to get at Hilo. I'm assuming she knows that Shay's not there. I, I just, I wish I would have seen her face. <laughs> <laughs> as Shay runs up to it the the one thing that Shay spouts off or fails to spout off in in this like retort she also called her unkekanese which is mm-hmm. insane to me but like with the variety of other insults it that's kind of what was implied when she called her a whore yeah whoring yeah. off to other countries and unworthy of jade it's it's like all of those things wrapped in one is that unkekanese you know okay but like you know she still could have she still could have retorted directly and been like yeah you know yeah i'm with you honestly doesn't matter it was a perfect speech it was a perfect comeback it's so good 
So good. All right. So obviously we want to get to the duel, but we've got a little interlude to talk about real quick here that I'm going to do because Thomas is going to take care of the duel. So we've got our second interlude, the two thrones. Our interlude provides us with another blast of history talking about the transition between the three crowns period and the two thrones period. Kind of a neat little little chapter. It's two pages of history. We kind of see the foundation of what eventually could be the clans in KCON between these two warring sisters that are kind of traded between princedoms. And, and what what do you think <laughs> of of this whole segmentation of the story? Seemed relevant. Sound like a cool story. Write this one next. <laughs> Give me the history. <laughs> this was my favorite of the interludes so far. Hmm. Same. It feels the most relevant. Yeah. Directly relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not like, what? Wait, what are we talking about? Who's John? <laughs> that was the last one. Yeah. yeah. Son of who? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. Just sort of the, the irrelevance of that as he headed overseas, which is, again, paralleling Andon, right? And it's like, oh, who's John? Oh, I don't care about Andon. Okay, cool. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one was, I mean, it was kind of tough to focus because I was like, get back to the fight. <laughs> How dare you interlude me right now? Yeah. Well, I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, I did. I did have the same thought where I was like, Ugh. an interlude. Shit. All right. It's two, it. two pages. <laughs> yeah, literally so quick. I, I really, I really enjoy the fact that they say that this is like a story that's told to children, of course, and that it's been reinterpreted. I, you know, you can imagine like the equivalent of Shakespeare running with something like this and turning it into a play very easily and the way that it would be adapted into a movie or otherwise. It's it's kind of fun. I think it's a fun little note that's sprinkled in there to say that this is this is something that the kids like. And I'll say that, like, we we want it right. It, write it, Fonda. Give us this. Yeah. Even though we know how it ends. And a quote, of course, from this that I really enjoyed, of course, it's the final line, I think, of the interlude. Out of small resentments spring great wars. And it's just that wonderful deitist proverb that mm, it's just right. Mm-hmm. And is relevant. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Mm-hmm. While this small, petty bullshit is compiled into a, a duel for life. Yeah. And honor. And jade. And almost a full-blown war again. Yeah. But for that, we'll we'll have to discuss chapter 31, Stand Your Ground. We cut to Shay that very night, still reeling from her actions earlier in the day, unable to sleep and playing it out in her head in the prayer room of the tall estate. We learn that Hilo was shocked and furious with her, while Ken maintained a cool head and confidence in Shay. Hilo enters the room, interrupting her thoughts and offers some encouragement, or at least advice, in his own unique signature style. In the morning, Shay heads to the duel with the mates and Hilo, and when they arrive, Hilo reveals that should Shay fall in battle, he plans to break Aisho and seek revenge against the mountain. Clean blade be damned. When engages in a fearsome duel with Aitmata, coming an ear's breadth away from winning, but ultimately is defeated, surrendering to Aitmata and losing her jade, though keeping her life. So my first note here, holy shit, <laughs> just amazing stuff. Again, I'm going to echo across here. I'm going to try to keep us on the rails and avoid jumping to the end because there's a lot of pre-duel stuff that's really, really awesome. One of the things to me that stood out is in the past, you know, we've... I obviously has a very fearsome reputation that precedes her. You know, fearsome strategist, fearsome businesswoman, fearsome pillar. We've heard of her actions to secure her place in her new role. But seeing the reaction of Hilo, 
his fear, the fear of Shay, and all that. It's like the little exchange that she should have spent the past six months training for this if she knew that this fight was going to come. It feels like even before we get to the duel, there's like that's just it's so tangible how much of a badass and how deadly Ait Madashi is. She's scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, for I, sure. I mean, the way that she kind of walks out and like walks out of the car and just like hands her sunglasses to her horn or whatever, and he just like puts them in his pocket. And that's like, also like very it was cool. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> we need to practice that. Yeah, that's like a really gr- <laughs> it's a really great way to show up to a fight, just because it looks like like. You're just going to grab those glasses back and then especially a fight yeah. to the death, you know? I'll <laughs> like, need these later. <laughs> like, I'm going to need these back. So yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. But, and I think we'll get into it, but I also love the little like, yeah, she is a fucking awesome badass, but there's like some little vulnerabilities at the same time that chinks in the armor. Well, and, like no one's seen her fight yeah. in a long time, but also like Shay hasn't been keeping up. Shay's last big fight was when Lon died and she like, you know, murder rage killed a bunch of people. And we're like, oh, she can still fight. That's good. But she has not been. She said she practices, but not like regularly. And a few chapters ago when Hilo was with his trainer, he's like, you need to call me. You know, my schedule gets booked up. And she's like, okay. You know, like even then we knew she wasn't keeping up with it yeah she's doing like a very basic workout regime little regimen going on and not for this picks up a couple dumbbells right before the fight throws them aside she's yeah fucking, fucking big. ready <laughs> uh, like the way i, I was totally for a 5k I, I totally had the same train of thought as shay going into this like yeah she's just kind of been the pillar she doesn't have to fight she probably hasn't been honing these skills It'll be fine. And then the Fingers more I thought crossed. about it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Which is very there's much what a, Shay does, yeah. There's there's this Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter named Marcelo Barrera. He's like a three or four time world champion. And he literally will be napping in the stands and people will have to come wake him up when his match starts. And he just goes from cold to on and wins because he's just like that kind of like kind of person who just like rolls out of sleep and can kick everyone's ass. And this has that same energy. It's all a facade. It's a good facade. If so. Yeah. If if nothing else, it's great for show. No. Intimidation at max. Yeah. I think Hilo being so concerned about Shay and like putting this other plan into place just shows not only his he values Shay as weatherman, but he loves her as family. And then also he doesn't think she has a chance. <laughs> like those are was, kind of what that was kind of fucked up. Uh, were apparent to me. I was fucked up on multiple levels for Hilo. I and like. I did. I was wondering, and Shay kind of wondered this to herself. Like, is he just trying to like egg her on to egg Shay on to make Shay like try to win? Like as if she wouldn't try to win, or back down. I mean, there there are a couple of different like ways to read into Hilo's move there for sure. Yeah, make her like, which would be so much worse. I, I don't I know don't if it's know. that deep. I think it's just you know, if you kill my little sister, you die. I don't care what the consequences are, and I'll kill everyone you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think um, that's really all it was for him. Cut and dry. But before that, still that night, I mean, so he does have that immediate reaction where he's just like, what the fuck? Like, you always do whatever you want. We got to Like, we're supposed to be a team. What's up? And it's my guy, fucking mate Ken. Cool, rational, great mate, or great mate chapters here. We got mate Wen being like, I'm here for you, ride or die. And then mate Ken's like, Shay Jen can do this. Like, you know, it's just the pillar. Maybe Shay could do this. He believes in her. Love it. Great look for my guy, mate Ken. I agree. Mm-hmm. Thought to be somebody has to be the, the, the positive, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> Well, it's just, make, it'd be so depressing. <laughs> We're learning all these layers. What's like true is, it's like nobody's seen her fight in ten years. And it's a great like, point. Shay, Shay has to do it now. It'd be, it'd be such a weak move to be like, I offer you a clean blade. Just kidding, I'm scared of you. Mm-hmm. Like it'd make her look so much worse, and the whole family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It reminded me of like Hilo being like, back out. What are you doing? It's like when. Lon is offered the clean blade and he lives wounded and he's like, hey, you're the fucking pillar. You don't have to do this. Like, Tenor, I will do this for you. It's no big deal. And he's just so protective of his siblings. Like, all the, for like, as aware of optics as he is, as he was as horn and now as he is as pillar, goes out the window when his family's involved. He's just a big softie. <sighs> I don't just know. A big he's softie. Just, yeah. We know that. He's just not been learning. I feel like he's just Why regressing. Why did Hilo offer her a clean blade? He would have fucked her up, maybe. I don't know. Pillar v. Pillar. Mm. That'd have been one for the ages. Would have been cool. Maybe it's the internalized sexism we know about, right? Male green bones yeah, pretty much scoff fight. at dueling yeah. women, female green bones. Maybe, you know, we got a truce going on. Thinks it's bad for the brand. Who knows? <laughs> for the brand. And I don't it's think it would have solved the, the same problems. Because even if he's successful, Shay is still in the hot seat after that scenario. She's in the alive seat. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Now, this chapter, though, also brings back one of my favorite things that these green bones do. And that is when Shay is praying in the prayer room. As you know, what else would you do there? She bent her head. Old uncle in heaven, judge me the greener of your kin tomorrow, if it be so. She murmured in prayer to Genshu the monk, the one who returned, the patron god of green bones. She paused. And if you judge otherwise, at least give me credit for a dramatic attempt. And so I just love the judge me the greener of your kin, if it be so. Just like the honesty of it and how it's like, you know, a little favor to ask. Nothing too much, nothing out of line here. If I'm the best, let me prove it out there. But then it's just like the little Riley funny bit at the end too with, and if not, you know, hey, give me some credit because I'm dramatic as hell. Or just don't let me like completely embarrass my entire clan. Yeah, let me do out cool. Make it a good show. <laughs> yeah, so we did another interesting bit when Hilo enters the prayer room and he surprises Shay by doing the customary, touching his head to the ground three times. And she says, I didn't think you believed in the gods, she said when he straightened. I don't, Hilo said, but the feeling's mutual, so maybe they won't hold it against me. Banner, we love that quote. It's a perfect quote. <laughs> perfect for Milo <laughs> for this scenario for like he's doing this for her too clearly like mm-hmm. he he's not an idiot he sees that she's been going to these to this prayer room regularly lately and having him like in the same boat on her side like that I think was probably I'm I'm guessing his intention was to just 
do that to show as much support as possible for her. So I appreciate that. But then he's like, Krang's not going to do anything. Either get some sleep or get in the training room. That's a good point, too. <laughs> That's just good. That's just good brotherly advice, though. So what do we think about his bangers. visit to her in general, though? Because I, I feel like generally he was pretty good at motivating people. And here I kind of felt like he felt or he fell very short. Shay's not one of his men, so I don't know. Like, it's a different different vibe. I don't think he connected as well there. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of interesting that he kind of failed in this moment, but... Just Hilo being Hilo. There, she just... He doesn't know what she needs specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't there know. Are... She needs to have been preparing. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. A little late. Training with Hilo. Yeah. It's not... I think he did about as good as he could. Yeah, I don't think he failed necessarily. It's just... Yeah. Normally, he's such a natural in it, and then there, it seemed like he did flub up a few times at least. But I did like the bit, you know, like, you have to believe you can beat her, like, it's up here. You win a fight up here before it starts. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm pretty good at encouraging people. I am terrible at encouraging my siblings. So I, like, can't help but think. You're like, fuck you. I mean, I <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's like I, you try to say something and they're like, you would say that, like, on any given Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I mean it. No, I meant it. What? Fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm trying to help. Yeah, I wouldn't be good at that either. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Telling Bingham what to do is like running into a brick wall or giving Bingham advice. Or running into a tree. Yeah, cutting your own ear off. I mean, with a moving truck. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Fuck. That went right over my head. That was a giant whoosh. <laughs> damn. Fuck. Never forget. Extra relevant. That brings us to the morning of the battle. Pivotal time. Shay has to make a decision how much jade to wear. I'm curious. I think I might have put in the notes a little later than this, but I'm curious what we think about her decision-making process here to not wear all her jade. Seemed prudent, Re- but it, maybe not the most confident thing at would, the same would, time. <laughs> which, I mean, it kind of implied she had so much jade that it wouldn't really yeah. make that much of a difference if she wore all of it. Made sense to me. Like, it wouldn't make her that much faster or stronger. Yeah, there's there seems to be some diminishing returns to adding more and more and more. So just from the sort of mechanical side of things, I appreciated that inclusion worked out for in the in the end, the ultimate decision to just bring the choker with the bulk of it, but not everything. And didn't she Um, have her cuffs, her anklets? mm -hmm. She only lost the choker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So maybe if but she, she was wore wearing all of it, others? she would have still just lost the choker. I don't know. Yeah, that was weird because it says she leaves on her anklets and choker, but only mentions like handing the choker, the choker. But that might have just been just like, you know, how are you going to have your guts falling out and hand she could the barely, anklets? Like... Yeah, just I, I know that we're kind of skipping to that point, but I feel like that's the difference between dying in this duel versus surviving. Like all of it would have been picked up if she died. Versus right. like this was a an offering of, of victory. Right, right. What did we think about? Whoever brought up the idea of it kind of being a sign of a lack of confidence. I hadn't put that together, but that definitely looks that way to me <laughs> a little bit in, in retrospect. Yeah, she's I... just very realistic, you know? fit with her character and it like she's not she's not being emotional she's like you know i have nephews i you know i can't just selfishly throw away all my jade 
Yeah, I like the idea of like leaving it behind for your family and that made sense. Like like I said, it seemed mostly to me like a prudent decision, not necessarily like one that was a bad or motivated by fear or something like that. Maybe a little bit, but who wouldn't be afraid in that situation? Right. I took it also as a sign that she was thinking about life after if she was planning like, hey, I don't want to lose all my jade. So yeah, it's not I just initially when I read it, I took it as oh, like that's not a good sign. She's clearly thinking she's going to lose. But then I was like, well, you know, she has to live to recover her jade. Yeah, that's true. Do you think she's going to get that choker back at some point? I don't know. You want to get it? The way things are going, you know, that's as good of a guess as any. Guys no, I don't want to bet on for, it. No? <laughs> fucking shit. They're horny for call Jade. Ben, are you are you thinking are you thinking you want to make a bet on the Joker? Yeah. Sounds like you wanted to make a bet on the Joker. I'd like All to. Right. Somebody would. What's, step what's up your to bet? I'll do it with you. I think Shay gets it back by the end of the series. Not the book. By the end of the series, I think so too. I think she does as well. God, I really want Aitmada to go through the like to just put the whole thing on and go through the same jade overexposure that Lon did. Wouldn't she need to start taking shine? She would. She probably she has access to it. Probably do a better job taking the... shine than Lon. Also, presumably, Shay's jade isn't poisonous, so maybe she mits gold in it. Poisonous. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Well, still out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is going to end until the very end of the series. <laughs> Last sentence. <laughs> this theory will never die. <laughs> I'm abstaining. All right, I have the bed stamp. All right, all right. That's that's ex- more than acceptable. What else we got on this chapter? We got a lot. We got a lot. Not much. We got the fight. Here's the Let's thing. Let's just move on. <laughs> really quick, I want to shout out the description of the Moonblade. Love a Moonblade. Love a sword in a fantasy novel. The uh, Dotsonori steel. Love it. Very Kill Bill. But like specifically mm. a white blade too. Like not not like a steel silver blade, but like white. And that finally strikes like an image of like, oh, this is why they're called moon blades. You know. I like that they had specific lengths. They're like mm-hmm. Harry Potter wands. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. You're not right. <laughs> I too appreciated that. This is the first time we've seen a moon moon blade be used, correct? So like it's no. always been talon knives, right? Nope. Lon no. used a moon blade. Yeah. Ah, he favored school. it. Also, when they were like raiding variously, you know, people had moon blades pulled technically, but you know, we didn't really see it up close, except for lawns. Cool. Cool shit. So they arrive at the place where the duel is going to be held, and there's the just a giant assembled crowd here. The picnic blankets, like. Felt very much. It was. It's just like the whole. You know, she thought they were interrupting a public festival, and then realizing she is the public festival, and the social progress Tatanese style. Thought was a very funny. Like Shay just keeping her humor, keeping her wits about her bit. Yeah, saying it's social progress because two women are dueling mm-hmm. to the death. 
Normally, women don't kill each other. Maybe we're smarter. Huge, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Seems that way. The picnic blanket, though, it makes makes me think. You know, it's a spectacle. It's almost mm-hmm. like a parade. You know, like I don't know. I was thinking of that like famous painting of all the people like sitting on yeah, the in the park lawn in the park. Yeah, they're, I don't know why that popped in my head, but I could not get it out with of there. Their little umbrellas. Yeah. That's, they're probably more chill and spread out than this crowd. I was just thinking about imagining them <laughs> dueling through that situation. I don't know why that was in my head, but... That's funny. I think imagery of this event and how celebrated it is is going to be seen as perverse and horrifying by the like foreign media. Like I, I can't imagine that any any photos or videos of this event getting out is a good thing for the the prospects of these jade clans living in a blended society like we've been talking about in the beginning of this series or the beginning of this episode like it it is well, wildly different <laughs> is anyone filming are there cell phone cams how are they going to see not no. cell phone cams but but if only. But there's journalism. Like I'm sure there will be photos. Maybe not. Maybe not a TV broadcast. But I'm sure there will be photos of it. I mean, Andon hears about it in Espinia, but maybe I through think he letters. Like through yeah, yeah, through the grapevine. Yeah, this okay. So right before the duel, there's obviously the thing we touched on already with what's Hilo telling Shay, you know, hey, if things don't go our way, I got guys coming here, I got guys going everywhere to fuck up the mountain. And he's just like his tone is so eerie, almost like a slasher villain, devoid of emotion, deadpan. Some blades can't be cleaned. Just shudders and not in the good way that we got from Shay's weatherman, like, I challenge you to a clean blade in the previous chapter. You're like, uh oh, Hilo, you know, as far as you've come, they'll know about this for you, big cat. I like it. Some blades can't be clean. That's right. Fuck them up. It is a big break. I show. Throw down. I didn't approve. I approve. I'm on Team Hilo. You know, I'm a big honor guy. I think I'm also on Team Hilo, but man, I am also a big honor guy. But like, <laughs> can you imagine having your like entire family destroyed in front of you and not just being like, fuck it, blaze of glory like this, By this is person? The end. Yeah, he has you two know? kids and a third on the way. But well, yeah, she okay, challenged. Yeah. He's yeah. going. He's going to win, though, is what you have to understand. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> I think he's gonna win. I'm also Team Hilo. I was just I was playing nice well, when I said I'm not sure about that big cat. Two kids and a third on the way. He's like, yeah, I gotta fucking kill this bitch because she's killing all of my family. That's true. Plus, like without Shay, how long does no peak have? No, you know what I mean. Yeah. Might as well try to Negative seize the initiative right now. Plus, wound would die. That's a completely thing from the next chapter. But, you know, <laughs> fucking wound. <laughs> I fucking boy. <laughs> Three point wound. <laughs> I do not quite understand Hilo's motivation for telling her like this. Right before the duel, 
It's just going to throw her off and it's not anything that she needs to know about. Ultimately, it saves her life. Like she leverages it as the means of surrendering. But I think she needs to know in case she needs a Hail Mary. In case she's like, okay, Hilo, bring in the troops. I'm about to fucking die. It also speaks to just in in a very subtle way. It also speaks to the lack of Hilo's faith in religion in its own right, where it's like I he never got to say to Lon that he was going to avenge him. And so he wants to have her know that that's going to happen. Like there's I think there's some sort of ritualistic send off there, too, for him, where it's like, just so you know, I'm going to make this up if you die. I was going to say something similar, but you said it more eloquently. I like that. read. Why? Thank you. Did. Did he technically already break Aisho with his Gaunt Ash duel? I think that chapter's... Is that Sturdy Aisho? Yeah. When, I when, think that's the name of the chapter. Yeah. So okay. there's this thing that keeps happening where the other side will do something and the other one's like, oh, they don't care about Aisho, these dogs, these brutes, these savages. But Hilo, at least, thinks he's following Aisho and seems to be adhering to it at least slightly more closely than we've seen the mountain. The reason that they can't strike out in the same way is because his skirting Aisho was a death of consequence, and anything that happens during a death of consequence is fair game. Okay. Except bringing in so, another person. Well, literally no in this case. <laughs> fair. Yep. All right, enough beating around the bush. Holy fuck, this duel is awesome. It's incredible. I pictured the whole time it was like the crazy 88 duel with the bride. And then when she fights Lucy Liu, whose character's name I'm forgetting from the movie. Also, I had the uh, put her on the Troy soundtrack in the background for the Hector Achilles <laughs> duel. It was very sick. So it's just awesome. And you're like the description of the blades is going so fast and the tandem use of your. Well, how Ait uses her her channeling abilities in tandem with like her sword strikes, and she's just so good at fighting. How Shay is like holding her own at first; it's just brilliant. Yeah, I like the moment where they both realize that like Shay has a chance. We're like, oh fuck! And she's like, she cuts the earlobe. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. Yeah. At that point, I did think maybe she has a chance, but then I was like, no, nope, she doesn't. This was really well done. Extremely exciting. Just and like I'm glad that Shay didn't win either. I well, we can get to that, but oh, I do sorry. feel like that was very cleverly done as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we already know there's no plot armor because of Lon, so Yep. Shay could have bit it. But yeah, I thought this was awesome. Easy to picture, easy to follow, and like the like you said, the combined sword fight plus like powers fight aspect of it was really awesome all the small deflections are yeah. so cool where it's like just narrowly like pushing in and out it's very it's just it's excellent yeah yeah so we're, we're coming off of reading a lot of brandon sanderson right Could now i'm me. rereading red rising all for d- very different reasons all three of these authors have amazing combat descriptions <laughs> this one, I think the what it presented the best for me was how 
snappy this is and how quick these decisions are and how just so narrow every split second decision has to be it's intense it's flashy it's bloody and it is amazing (laughs) the entire scene is (laughs) slow-mo that's kind of like what samurai fights were like too they're like very quick affairs 10 second duels yeah on average Mm -hmm. quick and dirty Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then so we did that brutal incredible fight and then shay's wherewithal to have her guts leaking out and to just think through like 117 outcomes of what her actions could be and should be sensing everything around her all of helo's people the charged atmosphere and just having the plan to be like i can see it and then thinking through like the fucking political outcomes of what i could do and like it's just so like so surreal to have how high a level she was processing at in that moment as her life is literally leaking out of her yeah, Reading the just, clouds. just knowing that i lost the i could have killed shay but she lost that moment the yeah. minute she let shay talk and then shay just sees the high ground immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was then well i have done. to give you a particular compliment for saying read the clouds in that context <laughs> oh my god you hit me with that line <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome i mean and i like we just kind of touched on like i feel like so cleverly done because it feels like going in this chapter almost has to end in a death but then it doesn't and it's still satisfying yeah you know like it's still it wasn't i wasn't like disappointed that somebody didn't die or like you know i figured going in i was like there's a pretty good shot that shay was going to die in that chapter and i was like trying to game that out in my head that doesn't really make sense there's you know a whole third of this book left. It's only the second book. Like, how would she get out of that? Just kill so, all of the No Peak siblings. Right. <laughs> but then I was like, but she can't really like, it's not like Shay can win either because that wouldn't make sense like uh, with skill-wise. Right. Skill-wise and just like how much they've built up Ait Madashi at this point. But what this actually achieves is it makes Ait Madashi look just the slightest bit vulnerable. Vulnerable? Vulnerable. 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 Which vulnerable. adds some tension to that situation. Because it did seem kind of like... Like, oh, we can't... She does bleed. Right. And then, like, we still have Shay. And she was able to kind of recover her reputation and show people that. So it was a good two for one there. I thought that was awesome. Really well done. Good job, Shay. And she prevented Hilo from starting an all-out war. And, yeah, saved the whole fucking situation with Hilo, too. Yeah, you're totally right. I have a question. Cross, do you have any content-related questions? I do. I I just have one final kind of note on this from from my own that I haven't heard yet. I really appreciate Ait's kind of final line here, right? You've acted disgracefully in the past, call Shaylin San. Nevertheless, it would be a waste to kill a fellow Greenbone at a time when KCON needs every one of us. And then she wipes her blade and says, my blade is clean. And this just furthers the sort of jingoistic nature that she's trying to drive of like this sort of warlike culture and and moving out and being really offensive to these national allies, making strong the patriotism for KCON and just kind of 
she attempts to like further entrench that, especially in opposition to to Shay here. And I, you know, ugh, of course you would. I, of course, floundering for something. But yeah, I hate that she's leaning into this stuff. She so watches hard. too much Fox News. We gotta. I know she turn it off. Literally, like that. I had that same thought. I was like, she's on that Fox News. In she's just K-Con, like on the mainstream media. The on Fox News is Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Would it be? He's no longer on Fox News now. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in piss. (laughs) I think these are two very smart, conniving women, and they both played the cards that were. It's like they played a chess match to a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, she almost died, so she probably lost. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's like a draw, but both kind of feel like they won almost. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was a big moral victory for her, too. Mm-hmm. I think later yeah. chapters would lead me to believe that Shay won pretty decisively. What? Was that a spoiler? I mean, I would no, agree like what we just read based here. on what we read. Yeah. She's like back. I'm trying like, to catch Thomas. I uh, already told you, I didn't <laughs> reread this. She so. was in She was in full Shay got her groove back mode. Well, yeah. It's she, like she went oh, down to Jamaica and, back. you know. <laughs> had sex with a 20 year old black man and then sorry cut it's all that <laughs> <laughs> that's the plot what is happening? Stella got her groove back yeah no, like, I, I totally no. I totally understood <laughs> I knew exactly what you were going for I was, I was, like, I was lost <laughs> no one else got it which is the worst kind of moment you just said a Jamaican man. Yeah. I was lost <laughs> sorry nobody's seen that movie Stella got her groove back fuck about Stella cut Ben? <laughs> that's, that's the best one yet. <laughs> ben Carlson? <laughs> Got him. Okay. Pick Aymana scary and the thing she like whispers to Shay at the end is like, okay, like she's already bleeding out. I had to get one more little cut in. She tries okay. though, but it's like a week. But Shay's one. like yeah. blacked out. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't quite land the same way, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. You're scary. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't hit for me either because it was like, you wanted to kill her a second ago. Now you can't be like, oh, it's all part of the plan. Right. Like, I take your L. It's fine. And, we, we've been talking yeah. a lot about her fragility, and I think that just highlights it. And, I mean, she's out here saying basically, like, Shay's not a green bone, you know, or basically just like a fake green bone. She's cut yeah. half your ear And off. then she just basically legitimizes her right then. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with a sewn on half an ear or does she wear her half ear with shame I think she wears she her, hair her hair down out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that she lost the ear only Princess Leia haircuts from now on for her <laughs> the fucking space buns <laughs> we return to Shay having just returned home after a 12 day stint in the hospital after her duel with Ait we catch up with Woon Papidanwa planning a wedding and putting the question of Hami's loyalty on notice while Shay was out. She returns to work and finds that her loss has solidified her place in the minds of her employees and in the clan at large. She meets with a cowed councilman Cowie, say that five times fast, and the two <laughs> other lantern men who met to, met with Hilo. Shay has her own ideas for Hami, of course, that we'll definitely address later in the week. She heads to the university to have a difficult conversation with Morrow that ultimately leads to the end of their relationship. 
very disjointed summary because how the hell do you blend all of the different things that Shay does in her life over the course of these 10, 12 pages into one cohesive idea? But holy cow, does she get a lot accomplished after she wins the sort of trust and honor back that, you know, she deserved in the first place? My boy wound. He's ready to just let it all go. He's going to lay on the sword. Man, how romantic. That was fucking wild. <laughs> like, aren't you getting married, Moon? Does your fiance know about how you feel? Ready to so, risk it all. Yeah, it, there. <laughs> I love, I love your undertone there, Aaron. Which is like, oh, you still have the hots for shade despite going getting married. But is there not? Is it not also like the familial honor? Do you think at all? Like the the like I failed Lon and I failed you. I think it's because he loves Shay. His fiance is his rebound. His fiance is his rebound. His aura changes when the wedding's brought up. Your That's aura true. is showing wound. <laughs> <laughs> He's just excited to see her. Yeah. There's there's also a note that I, I wanted to bring up too, which is that Shay has earned some badass scars. The the whole chapter opens with her looking in the mirror and noticing from like navel, like mid chest, she's basically been torn open, which is interesting because where the scar lies is similar to where a cesarean section would be so i just had this moment of like oh, wow. there's some oh. interesting parallels there <laughs> put that the sort of physical scarring that she gets and what she went through otherwise very Damn tough cross. very tough thanks it's deep thanks. deep as a c-section hit the drop yep that's some good <laughs> book reading <laughs> <laughs> for the record people in the discord have actually taken a couple of your catchphrases ben because they added a new feature where you actually have a sound bo- box that you can like hit the sounds for and they've turned a couple of your phrases and pj being like i'm so high right now i think are the only couple that are in there <laughs> actually pj is high yeah pj is high it's in third person you're right yeah. <laughs> that sounds like me but that's some good book reading is definitely in there can i i have to yeah comment on this star situation i have had my gallbladder and my appendix removed and so all i could think about when i read this is just my own stars on my stomach and i did not take in any of this information about her star it's not about you all. thomas no i know none of it penetrated i was just just like me for real is all i heard none of it penetrated <laughs> except i Moonblade. Blade. <laughs> only, a, only a little bit, you know, her steel was okay. Pretty good. Not not perfect though. So going moving away from the scars, obviously with back to Woon, there's this moment where he says that he could bring more jade out of the stores to remake the choker and they choose not to. What'd you make of that choice where she refuses the additional jade or to like just be given something that she didn't earn? That would have felt so cheap. <laughs> Everything about that, like the honor sort of aspect of all of this would have been entirely removed if she had decided just like, oh, I'm incredibly wealthy and have all of this extra jade. So this battle meant nothing in that respect. So I like her decision. Yeah, I think it's obvious that she can't do the choker because of perception alone. She could put jade elsewhere, not on display but i don't know if you can tell the levels in an aura i like how she described it kind of as a badge of honor kind of just as a you know a scar that's not and like i has to wear her really there half ear not physically there i mean 
But Ike can cover her scar, her ear with her hair. So Shay could cover, you know. She could, but I mean, I don't know. That that reminder is like like that missing choker. I don't know. That's like to everybody. Like, did you fucking challenge Ike Madashi and survive a duel with her? (laughs) No, I did. It doesn't matter that she lost it. But like every time somebody sees that, that's what they're thinking of. Like, damn. Seemingly the only one to wound her, too. And we know that she's been yeah. in other duels previously. My whole point isn't the choke. Like, I don't think she should wear the choker. But if she's really going through, like, withdrawals of not having all her jade, like, why oh, not yeah. I, put I, some I in her pocket? 100% agree. Yeah, I wasn't, like, pushing back on you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I offer you a, a clean blade. Wow. <laughs> Shit, guys. Okay, so we have this a recorded video. Got to figure out how to do that real quick tomorrow. If I may, seems like an overreaction. <laughs> seems seems more similar to a South Trap Queen bladed duel. <laughs> yeah, can we just? I offer you an ass kick. Uh, that was just good fun. <laughs> yeah. I do like if she had chosen I don't know I don't know why my brain's going down this path but she could have had a great opportunity if she had decided to raid the stores for more jade and if she would have done it a little bit sooner she could have had the surgeons like just shove a bunch into her like chest cavity as they had it open so she could never lose it again PJ, it's nice. I, I thought, thought you were going right back now. to butt plugs <laughs> 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 Cut, 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 butt plug. <laughs> butt plug. The butt plug bit is it's available exclusively if you are a words and whiskey patron. That's right. Pay us. <laughs> Pay us for butt plugs. <laughs> for our opinions on butt plugs. No reviews, just opinions. For words and whiskey. And oh, yeah. We need a branded butt plug. Butt plug. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now we're talking. We, we, we can have so much out. other like merch. <laughs> And then we're going to have a green butt plug. <laughs> like, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> Absolutely. W and W and S and M. God damn it. Love it. Love it. I have to because PJ, your suggestion <laughs> is just so reprehensible and that it needed to be acknowledged. It was her lower gut. It's I, just have yeah. some decorum, man. <laughs> Just just imagine a doctor just shoveling, just packing. I don't think that'd be good go, for the I'm healing I'm going to go vomit. Process. I'll be back. Would it work? Ooh, you could get like a solid plate Ugh. so that mm-hmm. then if someone tried to cut you there again, you'd hit the jade and not go into the guts. Like, fool me once. Mm-hmm. I'm physically ill. I know. We need some jade body armor. I need some ginger jade ale. body armor under some, the skin. <laughs> under the skin. Peter, <laughs> you weren't even drinking, and you're here. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Does anyone have a cigarette? I could have. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll make your stomach feel better. Yeah, true. So, I how do we that. feel about Hami after wounds ask for his resignation? How do we feel about Hami in general? You know, kind of kind of going into this. Obviously, we can tie this into to the conversation about him going overseas, but starting with Woon and then we can move into Shay. And Tommy. Yeah, I think Woon standing up for Shay again. 
He's got the hots. That was dope, Same. though, where he's like, went in and asked. He's like, give me your ear, bro. Homie for his resignation. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I was like, womb poppy. And then homie, I think I was like, yeah, get rid of that fool. But then Shay made a lot of good points. So now I'm now I agree with Shay. <laughs> yeah. I had a similar journey with Hami. I like, was fuck like, you. And then I was like, oh, I guess you're okay. Yeah. And we can put this guy to some use. She, you can get even more loyalty when you forgive and, you know, show value to right what he was doing there. I love that. She's that when, I don't know, that was when she was talking to the other guys, but when she's like, I can forgive once, but twice. I'll you never friends you. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But basically it was like, I'll fucking kill you <laughs> twice. I'll clean blade you and <laughs> get more than your ear, bro. But yeah, this was all skillfully done by our, our great weatherman. Yeah. So we'll, we'll come back to Hami and maybe the choice to move overseas and that decision that he makes. But I do want to talk quickly about, Coey being cowed and cowed councilman Coey is again, the tongue twister for anyone (laughs) who feels the challenge, the need, but who came up with that? I did write it. It was, it was my own doing. Yeah, I did that. Do, do we feel like Shay handled that, that situation correctly in the way that she manipulated it? Do we think that she should have just gone for the ear? Do we think that her sympathy was, or yeah, I guess, yeah, it is. It is kind of sympathy. Her her leaning in in the moment. Do we think that that was a good thing? I think it's I think a very line. I think the only reason she was able to is because she just proved herself to be a badass fighter. So she she could not worry about looking soft or weak. Because mm-hmm. obviously she's none of those things. But mm-hmm. before the duel, that would have she would have needed to like hang some peeps. <laughs> <laughs> to keep her foot low. You know. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, it was gotten to a point. Like, I think she had, like, she's discredited them, the, discredited them so much at this point that she's able to just kind of dictate their next steps. So. And to tie a bow on it with the threat of. Well, me again. If I have to forgive you again, you're not a friend. Like, you were never a friend. And that hang, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a very big deal, I think, um, especially as the others also kind of bow down in the moment. The other lantern men, of course. Moving back to Hami in the first confrontation between her and Shay, she gives him this offer of moving over and taking over the operation in Port Massey, specifically in South Trap, and where they're looking at setting up these new sort of college student learning communities and becoming in charge of operations. It also means that he's stripped of his jade because of laws there, not by her own technicality his family's still young you know he he's seeking upward movement he's not so old that this seems like shame what do you guys think of this choice or decision on shay's part and do you think hami will go for it i think hami was into it and i think it is like a nice it's like the perfect here's a new opportunity for you but also a giant slap on the wrist for your transgressions i think hami liked it because he said he and his wife were talking about traveling abroad. Right, but she still gets like this little punishment in where he loses his jade. Not for good, but like he has to go through withdrawal and yeah, not and have she's jade. She's like, it's so. not that bad. Yeah, I thought it was just like 
extremely well balanced like punishment but still like Aaron was talking about you're still like bringing someone close by forgiving them so like it kind of works out both ways and the way she presents it it's not an ultimatum it's his free choice he has a week to do it talk to his family yeah and like there's not a demotion there's not yeah, a risk not of firing on the other like, side yeah I think it's I think it's just kind of a perfect win-win scenario to a certain degree. And he knows he did something like not the best. Like he's willing to kind of accept the punishment as well. I don't know. He seems to like he's like I was just doing what you hired me to do, which is to like you know. I mean, my man tell knows he did something wrong. Yeah. It's it's almost so I don't necessarily read spite into the decision, if that makes sense. But I do. There is something uncouth about what he did. So there's like this fine balancing of like, well, Shay doesn't think that what you did was so bad because you were being reasonable in your decision making process. But at the same time, I have to take some kind of counteraction. But this is it's a lateral loyalty. Yeah. 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 Prove it, I guess. Yeah. Is also the other side of this. Mm -hmm. All right. Like that. So we move to Mero and Shay, the big one of, of this chapter. They She goes to the university. They meet up at a table in a park. I get very big X-Men, Nito, and Xavier meeting up to play chess. <laughs> vibes. Oh, nice. I got that same vibe. That's weird. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's, that is exactly my sentiment in this moment. Or the way that I pictured the scene around with, like, birds flying in the air and chirping and, you know, kind of folding chairs at a... At a place so they have this confrontation of course about the future and it's just man it's a brutal breakup it's it's very tough to kind of watch marrow kind of finally come to terms with a lot of things but on the other side of this shay solidifies who she is which has been a big issue for a book and a half at this point of whether or not she felt fully like a green bone or not and she's been kind of dancing around this line and she's came to the other side of this now being like, no, this is who I am. This is my culture. And I'm not going to back down from that anymore. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Marrow, you're just not enough man for me. Woof. Woof. Ooh. I felt bad for him at the end when he's like, so what does this make us? It's like, dude, she just laid it all out. She is. It has been laid out in front of you go like, duel someone get some jay <laughs> yeah, like it makes you not boyfriend and girlfriend that's what it makes you <laughs> and it also doesn't make you friends yeah, i don't exactly. think that's gonna like, work out it makes you broken up with so that's where we're at yeah. that was just so funny to me i don't know been there buddy <laughs> I, I, i'm not gonna lie this is the best written breakup scene i've ever read in any piece of fiction it is so incredibly well done where it's like this moment of where you want to like go up behind them and like pat them and hug them and treat them the same as you might have a month ago but it's just not the you can't it's not yeah. where you're at yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was well done yep and you know marrow and shay might have worked out if marrow met shay before gerald yeah. If only. Or but, before like Lawn dies, yeah. Yeah, but at this point, you know, she kind of knew it before the abortion. She came to terms with all the reasons why like, she, you know, her dating Marrow is bad for Marrow and, yeah, you know, his background makes it complicated for her, so. 
not meant to be. Little Romeo and Juliet here. Sorry about you. PJ? I can't think that Morrow would be that surprised after not hearing from her for a month. Like, the... This can't be that surprising, right? Men are incredibly dumb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly dumb. She's like, okay. oh, sorry. I lost your number. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, you totally threw your phone in a dumpster somewhere in Wisconsin for some reason. Yeah, no, I believe that. What? I've just been really oh, Are you okay, man? <laughs> I'm great. That was years ago. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Do you need to offer a clean blade? I <laughs> I'll you know, I'll drive you there. This is such a funny story, but I cannot tell it on air because cut, cut, I cut. I did the opposite of Okay, so I did the opposite of lending a clean blade. I found out the guy that my girlfriend was cheating on me with and I texted him and we became friends and confronted her because he was also not telling her about me. So, we then put her in a group so chat and addressed it. Her together. No. She with him well, though, bromance. Sure. <laughs> bromance. God damn it. We found ourselves in a love triangle without knowing each other and and so we can we Yeah, we did it. You we completed the triangle. The triangle. We yeah. handled it well. <laughs> and we solved the triangle like adults. Being like, and neither of us are going to pursue plan. this. You're an asshole, etc. That's it. So Tuck a cut. now they're so happily married. No. You and they, no, you and the guy. They broke up with her simultaneously. Oh, no, I was, it was a uh, twist. Oh, I didn't know if you heard him say it. <laughs> well, there that is. So, yeah. Any other notes on Marrow and the end of this relationship? I have a silly I don't think one it's if no one end. else has anything. You don't think it's the end of Marrow? I think we'll hear from him again when he finds out his unborn baby was murdered. Oh, fuck. Mm. And <sighs> maybe he's going to show I up think... as like a hostage at some point. Damsel in distress. I would play. <laughs> this little... <laughs> At that point, they're like, stone. let her have him. <laughs> Jade, Jade boy with one stone or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's also yet He's another two. relationship with a like foreign, not quite the same as the like actual like military member that she was Shay with before. Shay is not being very patriotic. Nope. And this totally <laughs> opens up In more review or more interviews with ex-lovers that paint her in a bad light like oh, she taylor swift <laughs> at this point <laughs> isn't taylor swift the one painting everyone yes yeah, it's, it's the other light? way around it's the other way around right i was just right, the right. long list of its lovers you know what i mean yeah. tell her she's insane here's my question about shay yes I'm trying to read a book on the subway what kind of books do we think call shay linson is reading Mm. Probably nonfiction. I was gonna say how to run a country history. <laughs> Lame, I, I, boring. I like biographies or something like that. Do you think she's reading theology like and studying the? Gods? She's a biography nonfiction type person. I feel like I think she's got some enemies to lovers romances going on. Yeah, she's she's got she hasn't gotten any in a bit. She's been in the hospital for a while. She I loves musicals. You know Could what I mean? Romance. Softer than she appears. Okay, I like it. I like that call. Could, her life could be is a history, fanfic you know what I mean? of the Warring Sisters, you know? She's reading off of Oprah's favorite things. Yeah, that's um, Oprah's book club. Yeah, the <laughs> reporter that she gave the profile to. to. Love Incredible, that. incredible. Cool. And I believe that brings us to chapter 33. Not a safe place. And in second year in Port Massey is quite unlike his first. 
He has friends. He's making money. He is undergoing a sexual awakening with his first love, perhaps? Question mark. Tori? Part of this includes continually going to the Drudge Hall on Friday nights, despite the medium opposition from Mr. and Mrs. Hian. Things wind down as Tori mates ready to go on a backpacking trip before beginning law school in the fall, and the pair and their friends made one final visit to the Drudge Hall before he departs. The vibe is celebratory, with Andon showing off pictures of his nephews at Tori's behest. We also learn some news about others in the group, including that their friend Todd is enlisting in the Espanian army, setting off a discussion. Suddenly, the Drudge Hall is attacked, and Tori and his friends respond, Andon rushing along with them despite being jadeless. As the attack continues, we see why Ron Toru is the horn of South Trap, South Trap, of South Trap. Some quick thinking from Andon and a touching display from Tori. In the aftermath, Andon is tasked with slowing the tops while Roan gets the civilians out. Action packed chapter. Lots of stuff going on here. I what do we it. think of Andon's year two in Espenia? It's getting more interesting because Andon was pretty boring there when he started out. Yeah, I was having a tough time with Andon in Espenia, but this was better. Also, why were you ever mad about getting sent to an Espinia in the first place? You're having the time of your life. You're having sex. You're having sex. A I don't lot. think he's in love with Corey. It plays as like severe infatuation and obsession. And horniness. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> horniness for Dick and Jade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that got kind of weird. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Andy is reading. horny for Jade. There were a lot of moments in this chapter where I was surprised Andon didn't like put on jade for some jade, put something on. I, I, that's what I wanted to happen. Could have been cool, you know, or like one of the guys with jade falls dead and he like picks it up and throws a deflection or something, even just like holds hands with them and goes pew. And and everyone's (laughs) like, oh, dang, Andon's better than all of us at jade stuff. Like, that's the the moment we're waiting for could have been a perfect opportunity well he said it was too late he's like yeah that dude's dead (laughs) that's true that was funny that's a good point no i i thought this was exciting and you know it really makes andon come to terms with like wait i'm the powerless one you know like this whole situation Corey's like what are you doing i told you to stay back and andon's like you know i'm He's not used to being the damsel in distress. So it's I, also I don't, I don't think he likes it. Good point. Astute, astute. Before that, there is the interesting discussion that plays out between the Hyans and Andin about the Drudge Hall and why they believe he's so drawn to it and that juxtaposition of how the safest place to be in John Loon is a Greenbone establishment. And here, quite the opposite might be true as plays out later in the chapter of course and then also just like Andon finally has real parental figures in his life long overdue grand parental maybe a little but yeah. like you know what I mean he had this weird like hero worship thing with Lon and the calls and never really felt at a place and now it's like these are people who are just normal people that he can kind of feel more comfortable with and they that you know like they have had children, so they know how to raise him and help him and nurture him. Give him a curfew. 
<laughs> they should, even though he's an adult. <laughs> he so, hey, man, we're fucking tired. You gotta get home earlier. Yeah, I like I like this whole underground world in Espenia of the Grudge Hall, <clears throat> and I also love the like Mister and Missus Hyun, you know, not wanting to live anywhere else despite the failings of the neighborhood and the crime. Because like, where else is there a Kekanese? grocery store that you can walk to you know there's plenty of cities all over the world where you can find like your culture your familial grocery store where you know you get what you want they have on brand Cheez-Its like okay I can live here I can walk over there get my Cheez-Its so yeah I I think you're right that it it kind of brings Andon down to earth and he's like this is what stability looks like I think that bit you brought up, though, with the, like, Ketanese grocery store, it, I thought this chapter as a whole, obviously this is a fantasy world, but it parallels our own in a lot of ways, Was but this chapter was just, like, seemed to be such a window into life as an immigrant in a nation that's not your own. And For a sure. number of ways. One of which is, you know, we get to the party, and there's a couple interesting things that happen, but most relevant for the segue, I just kind of ham-fistedly let us down. Todd, one of Torian and his friends, enlisted in the Espanian army. And there's like a whole lot of fucking, you know, bags of worms that are raised here, questions, discussion within the chapter, and I think we could have as well. Thomas, quick segue question or side side question. How many bags of worms have you handled? A lot, actually. I'm not to lie to you. Okay. All right. All right. Just curious. Bags of worms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he said. So I just, you know, it's- What's the actual the expression? transition or otherwise. Q. Yeah. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't anyway, think of the actual expression, so I was just said, fuck it, and said bad. <laughs> yeah. you, you're I've drinking water, and I just thought it was very either. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought bag of worms was very funny. It made more sense, because, you know, fishing, you get a bag, and there's the, it's in a little thing, but it's a bag of worms. Yes, in, in a bucket, generally. Yeah, I, I've always Sometimes had them in, like, little takeout containers, cube. almost. Yeah. My you know, styrofoam's yeah. almost illegal in New York, yeah. so... Remember, you should just walk to a grocery store, or not a grocery store, a gas station back to the way and get some night crawlers. What happened to this country? Fun fun side tangent. If you've ever bought scented night crawlers, my great-grandpa owned the patent on that and has been getting paid for it forever. Nice. But, you know, what he did with that money is bought the trailer park that he lived in. So, (laughs) trailer parks and worms. Love it. Oh yeah, brother. So back to the reason yeah, we're yeah. all here today. Yep, 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 yep. Bad bag worms. Bag worms. Yes, the political, you know, discrepancies here with the friend enlisting in the army and saying like we want them to see us as you know joining in and defending mm-hmm. Espenia. That was not, fucked up, man. Not just as like thugs. Yeah, I don't like it. I see it both ways. Yeah. I mean, they, they those kids have grown up there. Like, they are Spenian. That's true. You got to see it both ways. They just want to fit in. Yeah. Is is he a green bone? Yes. Or is he just... Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. So, With I potential. wonder... Yeah, there's a discussion. go down on a specific track like that. What do you mean? Like, as an enlistee in this military, or in this army, if he'll be put on a specific like green bone track now that oh, okay. they're starting to so, use 
Jade in the in the military. In the chapter, they answer that question. That's Basically, they're they're like earmarked for special forces because they have the mm-hmm. natural Jade resistance, Jade tolerance, and, and also he has to, to give up his shine. Jade that he wears. Yeah, he has to give up the Jade that he owns now and has to like start at square one with the rest of the Espenian cadets. Which is one of the things that's brought up in the conversation. Like, it's not your jade that you'll be wearing. And then Andon has the whole actual understanding of Tetanese culture and how it's like, you know, you're just inherently breaking Aisho by doing this. And he's just kind of mortified and mortified that Tori doesn't feel the same way. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, the obviously fucked up and insidious bit here where Espenia has outlawed jade, which is a sacred part of the Tetanese culture in Espenia. Civilians do not wear jade. And then they're actively recruiting these same people and giving them like special incentives to join the military so that they can get this thing that until a month ago they could legally own and wear and now did it to serve their own ends as Aspenians. Yeah, it brings back the comparison of Jade to a weapon or like a gun. Like you can only have this if you're enlisted. Well regulated you know? militia. Yeah. But at the same time, there's like a racial element to it. So it's like, I don't know. It's even more than that. Do we do we think that the law is perhaps more targeted towards the military outcome than it appears? You mean t- towards, towards the war as so a like, whole? Are the, so the Espenians have outlawed Jade for civilians. And now, like, they're actively recruiting those civilians to try to get them to be like, hey, you can oh, wear Jade if you join. To... So I was wondering if, you know, the yeah. the proclaimed reason for this is all the violence and they don't want thuds and the the crews to get Jade. But I'm wondering, you know, we've seen these guys very business savvy, very duplicative. Duplicitous. Are they, you know, was there an ulterior motive afoot? I think there definitely Absolutely. could be. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly it's working to a certain degree. They got one. They got one. And someone else was interested, I think. Yeah, another one in the group was considering it, if I remember correctly. Can't remember the name of that person, but he was like, I might. The the thing that this evokes for me, too, is is a similar, again, leaning into history a little bit, but a similar response in the 1940s post-Pearl Harbor, where a lot of Japanese Americans felt pressed because of the bombing of Pearl Harbor to enlist. And a lot of those that didn't, were immediately brought into incarceration camps as a part of that. So I, it's, I mean, it's just a brutal part of history in general, but this is very reminiscent of, of something similar on foreign soil. It just, yeah, folks, similar reaction, similar feeling. Mm-hmm. We're outlawing you, you know, Ugh. do not. Optionally, I wonder if it's to a lesser degree, a means of obtaining more Jade. Because presumably they would seize anything that they would catch illegally being worn. For sure. I think you're right. It's already been described as the most precious and uncommon material on Earth. So any little little bit bit that they get is incredibly important. Yeah. And you'd think, you know, like Todd probably turns in his jade when he joins, presumably. Because you also have to adhere to their standards, right? So you have to have the same amount of jade as everyone else does, which is its own. I think anyone enlisting would leave their jade with their family. Hopefully, but we it's don't know if they have those jade, same customs. Right? I'm I'm with you on that, Aaron. I just can't. I a lot of people are dumb. 
Yeah. And there's the weird, there's the line that you get immunity for wearing jade before enlisting. So I was just wondering if, you know, they're like, you know, part of the immunity, you got to turn over the jade you were wearing, my dude. All right. But that brings us, I think, to the attack on the Grudge Hall. We see, really, for the first time, Ron Toru, just fucking a badass extraordinaire doing some really cool stuff. Nice gloves you got there, Ron. Yeah. I like that that came back up. <laughs> it's a pretty cool way to wear your jade. Mm-hmm. It is. I was I was very curious if either or if anyone was going to cue like key into that last week when he talks about like taking the gloves on and off and like pressing them and rolling them because it's such a specific detail and it does feel like rolling knuckles right and like that's the cool thing to do if you're a fighter man but uh <laughs> it was one of those those hints <laughs> putting on the Wait, gloves you're, you're not a fireman i'm not i'm <laughs> neither not a fireman <laughs> ben, you, you all actually this lot this group might be able to help me rekindle my memory what is the, there's like an action movie where a guy does put on gloves like that before roughing people up. And it just reminds me of that. Terminator? <laughs> I no, it's probably some <laughs> transporter. <laughs> Maybe. Transporter, I, I think, is correct. Yeah. yeah. They're like driving gloves. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it probably is that. And I'm just oh, like bottling from a trailer. Rorschach and Watchmen does. He always that's pulls his gloves down before he's going I think to a fight. That might more, not be what you're thinking of, but I okay. think that's more. Right. Well, I know that that happens. But yeah, it just remind. It just seemed like very action moving you of like, you know, gotta put, oh, literally yeah. put my gloves on. Get ready or to fuck people up. The machinist, maybe. Could also be. It's, it's a move, right? In general, it, it's totally an action movie move to like, you know, tighten up whatever you're about to do. And uh, yeah, crack your knuckles. Can Aaron do more right. Terminator impressions? <laughs> do it one more. Give, give us I one. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I will fuck you up. Oh, I know it's. In Discord, it just came through as I will fuck. You up. I did a pause. I'll be yeah, okay, back. Right. What? I'm good at it. I it's love good. it. I love it. Thank you. All right. Aaron, you already California. touched on. <laughs> Very good. That was ten. There it is. That's what we needed. That's what we needed. That was Topper's crumb. Oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot to bring up the California dude. That was Topper's, brah. Like, <laughs> fucking, where the fuck did I, that accent come from? I hate the Espanian fucking slang. No, the Espanians are British, and then he's like, Topper's dude. I don't know what Toppers. our guy. I think is technically it started last week. But yeah. So weird. This guy, he's sometimes just like really, really good at the at narrating, and sometimes just like my brother. What's up? He's What's not good on? at accents, and he's certainly not good at British or whatever fucking surfer dude that was. Yeah, there's like a, a difficulty it, with it the totally consistency. Took me out. The I listened to it more than once. I was like tappers, yeah. tappers, bro. And some of the. <laughs> Some of like just the readings of it'll be like the tone is this, and then he says it, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that line reading. It was just like Avatar: The Way of Water when the children wouldn't stop saying, "Bro, bro, bro, bro." I really want to know how many bros are in that. I was movie. like, can you stop? Seventy six. That was that is was that the true? worst part. I haven't uh, seen it. I don't. Was know. Was the worst part of the whole movie was the was the kids slang, although I did like the kids. I like the kids. We, but yeah, they we just... were, ben and I were in the theater together. Every just like laughing our ass off. It was so f- stupid. We do like to have fun at the movies. We like to laugh at movies. There's got to be like a supercut video of just isolating all of the bros. 
for sure. It was a lot. But that's if there's not, it'll like. be on the Words and Whiskey YouTube in a week. Get out We're of We're not doing that. I'm not. <laughs> that would be that would be a lot of work. Mm. It's only three hours. We could probably do it in the script. Just, we could. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. So, you know, Grudge Hall attacked. Roan disappears up. Tori, for the first time, actually appears, like, acts like a green bone. It's like, everyone stay here. And then they all run up. Todd, I think, throws the deflection being like, we said stay here. And it's like, okay, these guys actually do have a little bit of sauce going on. They're not all show. Just a light deflection. Yeah. They don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt it, but just want to let them know, like, hey, relax. I was really worried in this moment that all the green bones were going to run upstairs and then, like, someone was going to come in the back door and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Would have been smart. Like a bait and switch. That would have been effective. That would have been brutal. So, one thing that stuck out to me here was when, like, they come back for a second pass of the drive by, Tori kind of like jumps on Andon. I wonder if that stood out to anybody else. He's protecting him with his deflection and steeled body in more ways than one. Wow. What are you stealing right now, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry. It's not the time. No, I thought that was, it was interesting, but I I love how it, and we'll get to this, but I, I don't know. I love how that made and didn't feel like kind of helpless. Mm-hmm. And he like the damsel. He like, yeah, he had to deal with that. So that that was an interesting conflict for Andon, I thought. And I think Corey's jumping on him because he cares about him, but also because he's the only not Greenbone, just completely unprotected out there. Yeah, once again, mm-hmm. on the Andon's street. not thinking situations yeah, through. And it's putting not only himself, but he's also putting everyone else there in danger because he's taking away right. someone to, like, be, you know, be deflect on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but he's, I mean, he does some cool things here, too, right? He's the one who realizes, hey, should probably deal with the Molotov cocktail and get it out of here before it blows us up. He throws it, and then there's a really cool... Roan Turo moment where you know Andon's throw falls short and he catches it and eats it over there again. There's like Blows runs to just like really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, for for being so good at relay ball, he really flubbed that throw, huh? He did get burned. He did get burned. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. I'll I'll concede that one. <laughs> he tried. Okay, but yeah. He did his best, and he did more, it seems like, the actual green bones were doing besides Roan. And throwing deflections to get the bullets. Cool. Good for them. Up and down. Good for them. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. good they can even do that. None of them are trained at the Wylon Temple School. Yeah. Or Caldushron Academy. I just so badly want to see Andon green again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he feels so like, that was like always my fantasy useless. like in middle school was that like I was actually a superhero and all my friends would be like whoa when I like finally like showed my powers like he he has the ability to do so that to be like, they'd be like whoa he's amazing and instead he's a sad boy instead he is just Dull man 
He does become yeah. like a murderous psychopath when he's unchained. <laughs> Details. Right. Once. Details. Who knows? <laughs> Listen, maybe he can get therapy now. He has parents. We can get therapy added to the list. That's true. He, he, he is like parents. still incredibly helpful, like, but he'd just be so much better with Jade. Yeah, the top it would, would come just up feel and so good. Bang. <laughs> this hurts. This hurts. <laughs> Although, you know, PJ, like you said, he is useful still. He, you know, Roan's like, hey, I need you to talk to the top so I can get these people out of here. Instantly realize it's like, oh, because my face. And then he has a very clever plan to slip into a Stepanish accent to cover up his less than fluent grasp on the Ismenian language. And it goes, and I just. Come up with sales. <laughs> they went over there. <laughs> Best part of Frozen. <laughs> too good. Sorry, too Thomas. Good. I thought no, he was. I had a perfect. note for a second there. Where I was like, he's doing too much. But then I was like, okay, he mm-hmm. pulled it off. He landed the bird. Yeah, very well. I was just impressed that he was smart. You know what I mean. Very fast thinking on his feet. He's been so stupid. Yeah, he makes some bad choices sometimes. He's just a young boy. He's very awkward, but you know he he nailed it. We needed him to rise to the occasion, and he did. Yeah, that's all my notes for this chapter. Well, Actually, no, I have right. one more. Sorry. Nope. Did anyone catch the Tim Joru reference? No. I'm so, not sure that I know that reference. Here's let me let me do some explaining for us. There's the green bone there when Andin meets Tori when he rescues the woman who runs out from her home. Always arguing with her husband, domestic violence situation, not good. Then we go to dinner at the Douch house, and he's like talking about the situation. He says to Roan, Hey, what one man like what happens in someone's house, their business, however, when it becomes a problem for the community at large. It's an issue for all of us, you know, to have a conversation with Tim Joru. He does. Now, several, like, however long later, Tim Joru dead of a sudden heart attack, only 54. Andin looks at Roan, who doesn't react. Whoa. Mm. Interesting stuff going up. It's a very subtle little thing that stood out to me. Interesting. Yeah. Wish I would have caught that. We should have caught that. It's crazy how Hit the drop. her lover also died of a sudden heart attack. I heard it was a Some good fire. Book reading. Is that, is that <laughs> I heard it was a fire. <laughs> Actually, no, that wasn't. Was it PJ's high? Was that was that the drop? Anyway, could be, could be. All right, evergreen. <laughs> With that, we'll move into chapter thirty-four: the clan's friendship. We continue with Andin, first with his goodbye phone call to Corey from the train station and the result of the grudge hall weighing heavily upon him. Violence has also made its way to South Trap with the burgeoning gang war starting up again in the backdrop of everything else. And the Dauks come to Andin with a big ask. So where do we think Corey and Andin go from here to start with? Like where do you think that this relationship continues? How, how do we feel? I think Corey's going to... Have a good time wherever he goes. I agree. 100%. <laughs> and Andon is going to see him somewhere sometime with someone else. 
And I mean, Annan and he's is gonna crushing. get upset. <laughs> Annan's so infatuated. He's crushing way too hard. Yeah. And while Corey likes Andon, he's not infatuated. Like, you know. I do think it's good that Andon's starting to think about his own, like, role within the relationship and how that's probably not going to work for him. So that makes me feel like maybe he can protect his heart enough, but at the same time, probably not. I think he's in too deep already. This is his first relationship. Too. Yeah. First sexual experiences. That's a tough one. Yeah. He's 20 right yeah. at this point with the older and man. Isn't Corey like older, four years older? Experience. Yeah. Yeah, he says he's 24 in the preceding chapter. I think we kind of see it start to happen a little bit later in one of the, maybe it's the next chapter, but Corey doesn't call him. No, that's in this chapter, but yeah. Is that this chapter? Okay. It's it's like, later in this chapter. Yeah. And Andon's already like coming up with rationalizations like, oh, he's busy. It's orientation week. He's getting ready for his first school. To, like, it's over, man. I think it's over. <laughs> As far as like a full-fledged relationship goes. To your point, PJ, this chapter is written very interestingly. It starts off saying the next two months were the worst of Andon's life in Espenia, or like the way that he felt. And then it proceeds to like basically lay them out up until current time. So it goes from the train station phone call to then some reflections to then the conversation that happens between Roan and the Heons and like the way that it lays this information out is very interesting because like, Oh, Hey, this is all happening over the course of a short period of time. Here's sort of the interstitial scenes that make up that two months to that point. I, I really appreciated, especially in reread that Roan stands up for and into the Heons when they're freaking out about what happened and the way that he says that he's green in his soul and that Andon spends a lot of time this week kind of in general contemplating <laughs> that very green that's inside of him over the course of this week should he pick up jade again should he not what that looks like it would he be okay in a relationship with someone else being green there there are a lot of different things that are weighing heavily on Andon in the moment what'd you guys think of that well it's like add basically being broken up with plus hormones puberty is it still puberty when you're 20 no <laughs> i think he's he has puberty. a taste of the horny the horny, yeah. um, Data like withdrawal, it's all of that plus, like you know, being in a shootout and lying to the cops and now contemplating. I mean, it's just a lot mm-hmm. for a young man to think about. What do we think about Roan standing up in this in this situation for him, and just sort of Roan as this character in the moment? Do we know if Roan knows Andon's upbringing? It doesn't appear, I mean, the doubts do, right? Right. And so we assume that that information is probably shared, but that's the best that we have. Right. It it felt like almost a nod to that silently. Like, um, yeah, he knows that he grew up training and around green bones. He reminded me a lot of Make Ken in this situation. Brown did. I think he and McKen have a lot of parallels for sure. I, Love for a me, horn. It, 
it, it speaks to the the thing that hits me here with Roan isn't just that it's like green in his soul. It seems to almost come from like a layer of understanding of like, for whatever reason, you don't have Jade on, but you still want to be a, a green bone. Like you still want to fight for clan and for culture. And he recognizes that and sees that as important, regardless of where he's at in his Jade journey. He can sense his thick blood. Is it thick? He's cut. KK. I wonder if, you know, Andon can feel the jade when he's close or touching other people. Can they feel like the pull from him? I don't know. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Can they feel the way that he's attracted to their jade? Yeah. Like magnetic? Maybe yeah, I it's perception if, driven. I was yeah. going to say, I wonder if as he does that, their perception of him increases as well. Changes. Yeah, they probably feel the hunger. Tis an interesting thought. The vibrations. Oh, the vibrations. vibrations. <laughs> the juju Good bees. vibrations. <laughs> we Dutch, when we kiss. Is that what that is? I think Danger, it's Talladega Danger. Nights, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also the business vandalism that happens. We've already talked a little bit about this in the previous, so I don't want to over, you know, wait this section. But there's there's obviously a lot of small gang conflicts that lead to death. We we see revenge hits on either side of the aisle. We also get this third position from the police as seemingly playing as a third clan, being able to be bought out by either clan in the moment. And all this said, Aisha nowhere to be found. It leads to an interesting comparison between KCON and Espeni on the whole with this sort of like moral backbone code. What do we make of the difference in gang violence between countries? <laughs> <laughs> let KCON cook yeah it just shows yeah. what they value I mean yeah it's just and how everything's run it's like the gangs are basically the police in KCON seems to work a little better <laughs> well I guess the violence is more concentrated but it is more violent maybe I don't know I guess we don't really have anything to compare it to sounds like Espinia is pretty violent as well mm-hmm but in a different sort of, I mean, obviously in this context, racially motivated way, which is obviously awful. The way that some of these, like, I think we might have talked about it earlier, but like a grocer being killed and like just some random folks that are just running small businesses being hit is just, ugh. Yeah, it's more like random Someone acts of violence. Green. Yeah. 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 It stinks. And that leads to the Hyun's eldest son saying that South Trap is turning into an ethnic ghetto, which is even worse because then you can see the way that that is perpetuating itself through the news or through newspapers and the way that the media has moved that message throughout the culture as well, which is to say that, oh, these folks are leading to violence, even though he sees himself as one of them. And that's it. He's watching Fox News with Ait Mata. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get canceled. Absolutely. For saying fuck Fox News? No. I don't think we're going to get canceled for they're that. Gonna, no, no. Not on this show. They're going to sue us and then they're going to settle last minute no, right before fine. the jury walks All in. press is good press. Yeah. This I would love to be sued by Fox News. Yeah. Come at me. I don't know. I don't know if we really want to. You know, I'll invite that pain. It's fine. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, we all know lawyers. So Aaron's dad is yeah, a lawyer. Aaron's, do you know who Aaron's dad is? Do you do they understand what they're trifling with here? This this bit has come up no less than once every other episode. Robert Murdoch. <laughs> since you told the story. 
I promise you, you do not want these problems. Uh, John will bankroll. We'll be fine. Be but, fine. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> so we move on from kind of those those converse. I did find it kind of funny when the Heons are talking with their son and he's trying to convince them to move out. I'm like, not unless you give us grandkids. <laughs> we have no reason, reason to, move, to move, move to the suburbs. We're not moving yeah. for fucking you. Fuck you. <laughs> They're like our useless sons. We have a new son. He helps out around the house. True. He's not having kids. Let's be real. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they have a clan dinner with the obviously the pillar of South Trap. The Losens come over, and he paints Dauk Losen paints a brutally clear picture. That the Keko Espenian way of life is crumbling now that Jade is illegal and that they've lost the ability to protect themselves against those that treat them as complete foreigners, despite in especially like as an example in his case, that fact that he's been there for 45 years. And, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. of That's a lot of time. It's it's brutal. And he goes and asks for the clan for help against police and the crews. So swinging back towards KCON. Send help. Send help. And we always knew this was going to be asked to Vanden. Mm-hmm. Chekhov's favor. <laughs> it was definitely a Chekhov's gun waiting to go off the whole time. Yeah. Wasn't expecting the Heons to like cash in their favor for the Dauks, but because the they're winning something. Kind of the whole community. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They want to stick next to their grocery store, man. Do, do we have any thoughts on what that'll end up looking like in the future? The clan's friendship. Well, since we know a little more from this moment, Mm -hmm. I think something will come of it. And, you know, especially having the pillar come visit. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair point. That is that is in the next chapter. Cool. All right. It's a good place to leave it. We'll pick that up in chapter 35. Stranger allies. So there's a lot going on in this chapter. You know, we leave with tall asked from the Espanian Catanese population. Now we'd have the Espanian military government asking strong favors from the Catanese. We drop in, we got negotiations between Espanian dignitaries and high-ranking Catanese, including Chancellor Son and No Peak, but it's saluting the mountain clan. After an uncomfortable and borderline antagonistic negotiation, the two parties depart, and Hilo and his small council of the mates and Shay discuss the situation over dinner. After dinner, Shay and Hilo discuss next step, next steps, and Hilo overrules Shay's plans to visit Espenia to establish her foothold in the country, planning to go himself. And I will note that I said, antagonistic like PJ does. <laughs> <laughs> that was an accident. I don't know what happened. Tappers. <laughs> Tappers, bro. Tappers, bro. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> do I say antagonistic weird? Turtles. No, no, you say a... a sounds the way you do. It's just your Minnesota accent. You just sound yeah. like oh, a Northlander. Right. The king of a the North. Particular, 
have a harsher than I do at the very least Minnesotan descent. Cross the fucking world traveler. Makes fun of the word dragon every time I say it. It's that similar profile. (laughs) (laughs) Now we are. He's dragon ass. Dragon. That's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Say dragon for me. (laughs) Ah. Not A. What is he dragging? Drag, dragon, dragon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There you go. Anyway, so, back to No Peak. One of the things <laughs> that sticks out to me is just how incredibly wound and tangled up Espenny and Tayton are at this point. I thought you were still talking about <laughs> PJ's muscles. Are wound just and up. PJ's accent is in. <laughs> I'm PJ sorry, has just sorry, the most Thomas. knotted calves on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Fighting Corey. I'm sorry, okay. Thomas. So this chapter, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, right? One of the things is how wound up Espenia and Katon have become at this point. Very messy. A lot of, seems like, harsh feelings potentially developing between the two as the frictions and differences between their cultures brush up against one another. And are now becoming more and more rot. Rot? I don't know. But there's another interesting thing here, and that's the display of the Espenian use of jade. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cute. Them having to boost each other up over. It reminded me of the soldiers from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call. That is a good call. I was gonna say that it, it reminded me more of like every Avengers movie where like you know an Avenger comes in to talk to the military person and then in the background like yeah. you know they're all doing drills kind of like a James Bond test site when yeah it's like ev- every action movie there's yeah. like the people in the background doing the jump over the wall scenario <laughs> happens a lot there's lots time. of walls out there <laughs> they're always fucking training. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. Ken though looks at them and says you've got to hand it to the Espenians they know how to cook scraps into a meal which is just very much uh, turning chicken shit into chicken salad right <laughs> it gets lemons into lemonade I mean both chicken shit Less into chicken disgusting. salad is also a thing chicken shit and chicken salad are both gross chicken salad is chicken salad I'll be on the record on that one Doesn't and now it's cancelled now we're All in right. canceled territory. <laughs> we've we've only ever talked today about foods that I hate, but chicken salad is number one on the list. Here's a really? little, have here's a little trick for you. You don't no, have to not, put raisins not, in it. That's disgusting. The ones with like hey, green chicken salad PJ, cannot do raisins and almonds. That's gross. <laughs> are you not are you <laughs> raisins? Big, are you not big on mayonnaise <laughs> or something? Raisins. No, here's a little here's a little trick for you. Cross. I don't know what it is. Chicken salad. You know, you shred it up. Don't dice it. That's ridiculous. I don't dice it. Okay. I wasn't saying you specifically. I was just calling it out. You are going to take some curry powder. You're going to take some curry powder. Fucking dump it in there. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be life-changing. Honestly, I believe that that's probably closer to what I would enjoy flavor-wise. I don't know what it is, though. Like, growing up, only a couple of food aversions. We've already talked about most of them on the show, and I don't want to belabor the point because we're we we're rounding out the week. But fucking chicken salad. I've never liked tuna salad. Couldn't do it. But I'd be willing to give it a try at this point. It's been probably five years since I've tried it again. So we're approaching that. Thomas, I'll try stick it again some in point. an envelope and mail it to him. 
Please, okay, I'll have my Manila, it. a Manila envelope. <laughs> I'll have my mom make you a sandwich, <laughs> chicken salad. Get some nice white bread on there for you. I'll take mom's recipe. Yeah, it'll be good. Anyway, back to our friends. MJ John. This is another one of those chapters that it's hard for me to like shift into and mm-hmm. like I, know what's going on right away. Like it's another like yeah. reread three times to like I, I had a, yes put my mind in the right like i'm like who are we with where the fuck the are exact we? same thing this is almost like it's not an interlude obviously but there's some like we did a lot of at like explanations and background into tetanese culture and the government and the military so in some ways it felt almost like the history piece of it felt kind of interlude and i also had that same i had to read it like three or four times yeah like but i did the, think okay, now i can focus <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Curious what you all thought about the one exception to the Golden Jade rule. And that's the the military and then specifically the general Ronu Yasudin. I think oh, yeah. Yasudin. Yeah, there seemed like there was more. Sure. I feel like we didn't get the whole story with him. Mm-hmm. True. Because they were like, everybody weak goes in there, but he's like really respected. Yeah, they send the offshoots. It just seemed like there was like something missing from that explanation like i needed another couple sentences on him <laughs> to like really understand what was going on there like why is he in the military i don't know also got another you know a watch with jade which we love and the he's from the studs yeah, yeah and he was from the mountain so then you're like my ears are perked <laughs> at this point and well. Conspic- conspicuously no mountain representatives right. officially there that, that seems like mm-hmm. something maybe we should be a little smarter about but i don't know they said like he's from the mountain it's not a big deal i was like he's from the mountain but he left 18 years ago when 18 years relations ago. were better you know he's that's not true. one of like, the people military, that we know it was night yeah that was in charge that's a good point okay well it was i just not this i well, yeah, yeah, sorry. Mata. It wasn't Mata. It's, that, it, it's the whole first name yeah. and last name. Bit. Yeah, yeah. What do we think about that custom, though, of shepherding the weaker fingers into the military? Sounds like a weak military. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Pointless, kind of. Mm-hmm. Sounds like but it keeps the clans in power. That was yeah. kind of what I was thinking, mm-hmm. PJ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we, we do obviously know the real power lies with the clans. However clans have very differing priorities from one another and it might make sense to have a strong united force capable of defending your country that has no ulterior motives ideally to yeah to aaron's point too that's what yields the liability right is the fact that like this is not an army composed of the best soldiers this is composed of whoever the fuck doesn't want to be a part of the clans but wants to remain green or the rejects like all right, we don't Barrow? Like what? we don't want you in the clan finger. You didn't, you know, pass the muster. So mm-hmm. it's like what's it called when you abandon your post? A wall. Deserters. Deserter. Yeah. It's deserters and rejects. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good band. I mean, they got eight years of betting and training, though. Like, they they proved themselves. 
but maybe just didn't continue to perform at the level they needed to. I don't think they're entire like I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a straight up fuck up finger in most of the clans. But you gotta replace them sometime and the life doesn't always work the way they expect it to. I don't know. To Aaron's point, harsh. newfound glory, deserters, and rejects, and the story so far touring July 20, 2008. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> it is a band. Yeah. It's, I mean, it should be, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, you're, you're right. Most of the fingers at that point are fairly loyal, but I, I think it becomes a competence question, not a loyalty question. And as such, or like potentially a... You know, is the family bought into the clan dynamic? Is this potentially now that like Morrow could have taken, right? Like mm-hmm. in a similar way, similar context, similar family environment. Right. Feels like it mirrors that. Maybe he should have be enough man yeah. for Shay. You know, yeah. Easy to go from generally from the army into politics in general. That's usually a path. So better than a uni boy. Meant it as university, but it became worse when I'm I called like, him a boy. So I'm more like unicorn. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So the opening kind of set piece of this chapter is the Espanian and Tetanese communications where they're, you know, keeping up international relations. What do we think of this exchange, which is interesting? These Espanians get a little of these assholes, huh? Mm-hmm. Why? Golly, I was just like, I don't know. They're just dickheads. Rude. Yeah. Yeah, they're rude. Condescending. They're the ones with the money. That doesn't make it okay to be rude. I'm just saying. I think clean blade time. <laughs> Always clean blade time. <laughs> One of the things that we continually touch on is how well the breadcrumbs are laid for things that pay off later. And so we see the initial negotiation where they're at the restaurant, and Shay is speaking with dealer and the ambassador, and you know she is the only one who speaks on the Cantonese side of things and they both take turns speaking and then that problem is intensified by you know however many Espanians are there and they all just keep fucking talking over each other talking over yeah and it's just like a nice like you just see at every turn at every point these two cultures in some ways just not be more dissimilar from one another strange bedfellows for sure yes exactly PJ and there just doesn't seem but to be much effort like on their side to understand Learn the culture yeah yeah Japanese people at all they really just kind of see them as assets which we've heard a bunch of times but it was plain to see here yeah. they're a means to the end of gaining a bunch of jade it, it becomes so clear that they're just like espenia is just like a stand-in for a hypo capitalistic society at this point that's just like so involved in that that the only thing that they can the only way that they can contemplate things is in exchanges and trades and this just further emphasizes that idea of like oh you are a tool to be utilized and wielded as such so we're gonna do that Mm -hmm. yeah what did you guys think about the kind of how that negotiation ends with secretary Taurus smiling standing up and doing the traditional raised clapped hands touched salute and it's like just on the border of mockery that stand out i didn't feel like it was mockery i thought it was he was trying to be respectful but it's like they don't know they like 
like we had kind of talked about, they like don't care so much to like, they miss so much other stuff. The fact that they try that, it just seems like. How, how will they know if no one teaches them? He's trying his best. I don't think he was like doing it to be rude. No, I don't think so either. It's just like they're genuinely, I mean, they're, they're just rude in general. Gen- genuine ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah hasty and kind of read as an obligation more than like something they actually want to do to be respectful right interesting i read it as more overtly rude and kind of like yeah we do understand you guys a little bit we're just not doing it because mm-hmm. he I, just he, he like i can see nails it. it what he does and he nails like the perfect level of not making it overtly mocking helo points out so it just seems like very coordinated and the like things had kind of fallen apart at that point and he's like I'm going to be dramatically respectful now. Very traditional. Well, that's that's also kind of the whole thing of this scene, right? Is it leans into the fact that, like, Hilo points out the fact that there isn't one person leading the argument to begin with. And so it feels as though this is all a coordinated attempt versus someone talking man to man in a very personal context and trying to make things clear and exchanges clear and to make it feel real. This feels like a brokered conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we immediately flash from there to dinner discussing it. And, you know, our guys, the calls, the mates, they're not fucking happy about this conversation. And Ken, you know, one of my favorites, thrown on me a whole lot, forgot how much I love this guy. He has a little quote I wanted to highlight. Ken grumbled in agreement and pushed back his empty plate. Dealing with them is like wrestling a creature with many heads. One head smiling at you, another stealing your food, a third taking a bite out of your ass. The horn crossed his arms. They knew we wouldn't send green bones to fight on their side in that hellhole. They only said it so that they could be more forceful asking for what they thought they could really get. Shrewd negotiators. Dealing yes, sorry, I was... Foreign body. Yeah. And then the quote continues, Spennies. They'd lined up to sell their own mothers just to see who could get the best price. Tar was leaning back with a contentedly lazy look on his face. Having spent the afternoon with his sometimes lover in row instead of on a human naval base. It's just so we get like, you know, Ken, who was there, commenting on the situation, and then Tar kind of again reminiscent of how he behaved in Steppenland, like pointing out the stereotypes of the people. Mm-hmm. And also I just thought it was funny, you know, Ken was on duty, <laughs> busy. This guy was getting busy and just <laughs> for once kind of relaxed, contentedly lazy look. Guys fucking chill. And I just put in my notes the duality of the mates. Yeah, but I mean, they both get to a good point. Like, yeah, I do like the three-headed comparison. Mm -hmm. I love the mates. Me too. Pretty excellent. All of them. Good people. Definitely want more of that Tar guy, though, at this point. You know, like, we we get a lot of Ken, we get a lot of Wang, Mm -hmm. a little bit more of Tar. Yeah, I feel like we only get deep looks into Tar when he fucks up, basically, thus far. <laughs> but we'll see. But then, so during this dinner, they move on kind of to a conversation about what the mountain's up to. We get some dirt on Iwi Kalindu, and the Kilo-eyed his sister impressed. How did you find this out? Rats are everywhere these days, Shay said, so smugly that Hilo smirked. It's your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Got a fucking spy network, my dude. You have no idea. It's like, what's his bet with the birds? Mm. Uh, Varys, right? Friends. 
Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yep. The mermaid. And then the last thing that stood out to me is just like how global the problems of Hilo as Pillar are and how like just geopolitical his role has become in this modern age. Like he's not a fucking Dodo Espania. He was in Steppenland. He was in the Uean Islands. Like this dude's a globetrotter. He's getting asked to participate in a foreign war. Mm hmm. Negotiating is basically like, yeah, head of head state. Of state. Yeah. yeah, he's, he didn't sign up for this. <laughs> he did not. He didn't sign up for any of it. No, he signed up record, to be in street wars and shoving matches. Chest pushing. Yeah. All right. With that, we'll move to our final chapter, chapter 36. It's a quick one. It's what you deserve. We return to Barrow and Moot having a drink in Barrow's apartment. After chatting about some schemes, it becomes clear to Barrow that Moot has poisoned him with a paralytic and leaves him to die overdosing on Shine, having stolen his jade. Wow, 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 wow. wow. This was wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah. Wild. I wanted to text PJ Huge. and be like, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. How about boy the Barrow. balls on Moot? Hey. He's all grown up. We said this. The three of us said Moot's going to turn on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. Did we make an official bet? Because we were right. I don't think so. But you know what? I, I will it. take the drink for it nonetheless. There, there are some too? times where like, you make, you make he can do it next episode. He's just drinking I'm not going to. Fair. You're holding water right now, Cross. Yeah. We don't this, actually. It's hold true. on. This is bubbly There's nothing to be accountable for. We don't if know we he's give dead, them fucking Aaron. participation trophies for say, every no, right it's, it's not about it's not about the death. <sighs> yeah, it's about <sighs> moot. Thomas, boot. <laughs> Some, sometimes you have to you have to unofficially accept a, a it's bet. About moot I don't. turning on Barrow. Okay. That was what we I don't discussed. have a gambling problem. <laughs> it was it was about that. So we okay, think, my sparkling water is not enough to compensate. We don't think that Barrow's actually. Dead I think it is cross. I don't think Barrow's. Dead. He's gonna somehow slither out of this situation. I think Barrow can't die. He's getting on his. The gods are on his side. His slither is so, happening right now. So here, here's here's the I, deal. Here's the problem. Speed We've on said it. the exact same thing about Lon because of the way they broke up the chapters, and it feels like a cliffhanger. Like, is it is it gonna happen? Is it not? We could open the next chapter and see like Barrow's like lack of a funeral, where he's like thrown in a gutter, like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might just not, not a be a cliffhanger. Someone walks by and they're like, that's an ugly kid with a weird face. It's crooked even. No, I think this is different. I think Barrow is the inverse of Lon where that he doesn't deserve to live, but somehow always lives. Yeah, I agree. He's too much of a shithead to die here, is my feel. I, I love that we fully jumped to the Barrow dies conspiracies before even talking about it, like how fucking shit Barrow and Moot are at channeling, which I think is the most. Re- it's it's so lovely because we talk about the rats so much in Jade City and the way that like Lon killed the rats and the way that Hilo thought about the rats is like barely a thing and the way that Andon like shotguns them each one at a time and yet here Barrow and Moot sit and they can't fucking do more than make it like flip over and freak out <laughs> like it's so bad. I like that barrel. Like, the oh, poor he's better animals. than me, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when did Moot get better than me? He's like, fucking Moot. Better than me at channeling. Yeah, these poor animals that have to. I know. Why are we like these fucking the degenerates? Can't we channel on something else? 
I, I mean, probably not. Something. Yeah. Goldfish? I don't know. They don't remember anything. I wouldn't feel bad. I, like, I would feel less bad about it. Maybe if it was a bug or something. Yeah. Fair. I mean, it's better than Maybe the oxes they used to use, apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah, oxes, cows. Maybe there's right. a... Well, yeah, he tried it on the dog. and The dog bit him. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a rat That's problem a in Jan Loon and like they're actually doing everyone a favor. Rats are we'll taking care of the rat problem. Yeah. yeah. We did hear that. So I'm I'm very glad that we got to cycle around in that. I know that we talked about this, but I love I love the speech that Moot gives in the moment to Barrow as Barrow realizes that the poison is setting in and what's going on. And he says, It's funny, KK. We're thieves, remember? We're the lowest of the low. But you you're something else. My dad gave you work and paid you good money, and then when everyone was looking to have you killed, he saved your life. And you took his shine for yourself, and you sold it, and you pretended the whole time like you cared to help me avenge him, but you never did. You only kept me around because I was useful, but you never intended to pay my dad back for anything he did for you. You never stick your neck out for anyone but yourself. You've got Jade. You don't know what to do with it because you've got nothing to live for. I might be a thief, but at least I've got reasons. You've got nothing. You are nothing. Boots got bars. Yeah, that <laughs> hits pretty hard. Baby Moot, get your groove back. Is <laughs> <laughs> it Jamaica? <laughs> Let's not go down that road again. It reminded me of, you know, you don't know where you are going, but I do from Red Rising. Mm. It's mm. a fair point. It's actually a pretty good comparison. Also reminded me of in Metamind. Oh, you're a villain, all right. Just not a super one. Mm. <laughs> Our guy Barrow, no fucking presentation. <laughs> I think Moot has a lot of good points. He does. He's he pretty much nailed Barrow to the wall. And Barrow always saw Moot as like a dumb kid, and he realizes too late that Moot. You know, he's been the brains of this operation the whole time. He's been climbing the yeah. thief ladder here. He's been purpose. actually training. Executive level thief. Powerful purpose. The final thing that I want to ask is something that we've already touched on a little bit, but given the predilection for what we think is going to come, do we think that Barrow dies and we move from having Barrow perspectives to moot perspectives? Or do we think that we pick up Barrow being a snail on the ground? <laughs> like, where does this go? I don't think Barrow dies. I don't think Barrow dies either. And I don't either. He's got to go get his jade back. I think that he learned a very valuable lesson. Trust no one. Kill the kid. <laughs> Kill kids. <laughs> I just think it's going to turn him into a bigger monster. Now he is going to have some purpose that he didn't have previously. Yeah, Moot. How many, how many, just to go back to the joke answer of kill kids, but how many problems would have been solved if they hadn't decided let's spare this kid maybe he'll be useful in some a cascading day. number of problems so many they problems. decided one man Just decided Lon. that well Lon and Barrow now oh okay we've all know. learned our lesson it'd just be a whole different set of problems though kill the kids got it <laughs> taking that away taking that in my back oh. don't make that a sound bite no. <laughs> Bang! Cut! 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 <laughs> You're 
gonna get canceled. Great, great. I'm trying very right. hard this episode. Apparently. <laughs> 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 All right. So that leads us into our closing thoughts. And closing thoughts. Who won the week? Jay. Or Moot. Yeah, I think Moot won. Shay almost died. But she got her honor back. She got her groove back. But she lost a lot. She also lost process. a boyfriend. And a, a and, Jay Choker. And a child. Mm-hmm. I don't think Shay won. Wynn could have won. I think coming out of Andin a duel with, eight, with Aitmata for your life, with your life, is a win. I think Moot won. It is a win, but is it the <laughs> win, you know? Who else? I mean, also I think so. the, she lost that dead weight in Marrow. She gained the respect <laughs> of her clan and the nation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like, put Hami Tumashan in his place. Poor Marrow. Put fucking Hami in his place. The, the she knows she's got a man ready to die yeah, for her councilman in their, notice. in their place, too. Mm-hmm. A cowed councilman, Koei. Yeah. Yeah. You're really proud of she yourself did, on that. She did a lot. <laughs> I am, and I've remembered it too off the cuff. Uh, I I will give an honorable mention to Roan Toro. I think he had a good week. He had, he had some a great cool week. Gloves. Cool gloves. I catching think a Molotov. One. I think catching and a Molotov shooting people cocktail. is cool. Yeah, I think <laughs> and, and then shooting people. people. Yeah, that's just cool. Like he's cool. <laughs> I think Andon lost the week. Did we just? Come on? Yeah, he had some pretty great, like, great decision making, and despite not being green. Was able to. I thought hang. he was making terrible decisions. <laughs> I don't know why everyone's being so nice to Andon this week. I'm not being nice to Andon. <laughs> Thomas and PJ nice are sucking the juice. Sucking the juice. <laughs> I just I said I agree with you. They lost the week. First of all, I just think you made some smart decisions in the heat of battle. <laughs> Glad that Ben and I are on the same left. <laughs> this is <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> The bag of worms sucking the juice. I meant drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I knew what you were going for. I did not. I thought you meant sucking his dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Which is why you both reacted so adversely, which is very funny. And that's why Ben and I were laughing for sure. I know what you thought I meant, Um, and I also knew that's not what I meant. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. I think Moot won the week there as we well. Go. I think Shay has is a strong contender for the aforementioned reasons. But anytime you can put Barrow down, potentially, you got to do it, and I love that for him. And also, when you can do it while making great points and just roasting the fuck out of him, snaps for Moot. Aitmata wins just for the cool sunglasses move. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong. Actually, Fonda Lee wins for fucking writing that great duel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, awesome. Fonda Lee can't win. She'd win every week because everything. Is well, that's true. But I just, I really like a duel. I, I actually, my winner of the week is Hilo for the way that chapter 35 is handled in general. I think that he does a wonderful job playing in an arena that he's unfamiliar with. And I really appreciate the way that he kind of navigates that conversation. I would, given the context, especially of the way that this week ends, I totally see Moot. And so I'll agree that I think that we can all settle on Moot. Winning, we need but... more people trying to kill Barrow. <laughs> Actively. Yeah, he's a fucking cockroach. All right. Sounds good. 
With that, next week is our sixth episode, and we're going to be reading chapters 37 through 43. 37 through 43. I'm very excited. Only a couple more. We're, we're rounding out this book pretty quickly. So, ho, ho, ho. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Merry so, Christmas. That's Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to our producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping us keep the show's lights on. I would also like to thank our co-hosts for making this whole season happen. You're it's welcome. been amazing having you guys on. It's been a joy. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Um, next week. We haven't sent you the email yet. Yeah, we you are the show. fired. Thank God. <laughs> Damn it. Did I actually get canceled? Is that, what, is that what this is about? <laughs> Stop trying to make no, toppers not happen. It's not going to happen. You do have to show up next week. That's, that's the meme of the week, Aaron, for sure. You can check out the show notes where you'll find links to our schedule, our Patreon, previous episodes, websites, social media accounts, all that stuff. One easy, convenient spot. We also want to take a second to thank private party patron Ziva for sponsoring not one, but two episodes covering Daisy Jones and the Six. So we're breaking it up into two different pieces. One in which we're going to be talking about the first five episodes and the history of music of the time. And then the second where we're going to be comparing the book with the back five episodes. So very excited to do that in a sponsored episode. Mm-hmm. Woo woo. Lovely. Woo, woo. I'm two episodes Lovely. in. It's very good. I'm loving it so far as well. Beyond that, you can find us Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Words and Whiskey Show at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash Words and Whiskey. Join so that you can listen to the Devil's Cut and listen to Talk stories about U Hauls, butt plugs. What else? <laughs> Pretty much just that. There, Not in that order. <laughs> just that. It's a lot of that stuff. Actually, Sandra in that order, Bullock. you listen to it linearly. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, yeah, we also <laughs> we hit a lot of topics, wide ranging conversations. <laughs> Soon, what we're afraid of. <laughs> yes, soon what we're afraid of. Beyond that, t-shirts on T Public. And, and as for reviews. No, you gotta let me do it. I, I was, was pitching it to you. That was clumpy. Let him pitch. Yeah. Oh. And was... don't forget, five stars only, rate and review. If you don't give us five stars only, we will cut your guts out and you won't get healed. It'll be so sad. And then we'll take your jade necklace. Yeah, sounds horrifying. That sounds Love exhausting. It. Really? Yeah, does. So just leave the review. Save us the time, please. Yeah, I would look for terrible. Sure. Exhausting in a choker. for us or for the person losing for us lifeblood. We got a murder. Like murder's not easy. Also, as a as a final note that I want to append here, most of us will see you at HallerCon that are on this call right now. So if you're attending HallerCon on August third, that is correct. 6th, yeah, August third. It's in, a Thursday. Very convenient. In, very convenient. Tulsa, in Tulsa, we'll see Oklahoma. you there. Oh, woohoo! Do we want to do it? Do we want to do a woo? Do we want to do a? We can do a howl. No, we need was, a. We need a. Fondly. Fondly shout. They don't have one. Jade. Might <laughs> be like for, for my honor, <laughs> for my Jade or something. Read the clouds, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. That's the outro. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.